because of when this episode is going to come out in like two weeks. This is a Halloween episode. This is going to come out on ah. either like the 30th or 31st. So it's got to be it's got to be spooky. Well, we got a gamer on. All right. So let's talk. Let's talk about spooky horror games, which movie I we already talked about that. So I have nothing to say. I mean, that's not a podcast or that's like our it's on the Patreon. Subscribe exclusive. to the Patreon, by the way. Patreon exclusive where we talk about, pa- pa- about, we talk, horror about talk about horror games for like 30 minutes. We didn't even plan that shit out. What the fuck? No. This is this is getting uncanny. Why? What? Why are we so good Why at fucking shilling bullshit and tying like it together? Five minutes, like not even five minutes in? I don't even Once know if we had started. A point, a certain point on YouTube, your brain just starts to autocomplete words into Patreon ad reads. <laughs> oh my god. Just rewires your brain. I'm at the point now where I can't end a sentence without saying like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. Oh my God. That would be a fucking like, horrible debilitating video. Uh, uh, yeah, donate to the Patreon. Uh, check out our sponsor. Oh yeah, we are sponsored. Oh. There's now a sponsored podcast. So everything, everything that we say now is uh, has been approved by our sponsor. No, abs- absolutely yeah. not. Oh my oh god! Oh my god! <laughs> Welcome to the Weeb Crew podcast. We're just gonna do the intro now. <laughs> I'm Mumi. He's Sai. Yep. Uh, judging if the bit goes well, you already know this is this is Lex. Hello. Do we do we call you Lex? Do we call you Lex Torius? We call you. You can call me uh, whatever you want to, baby. All right, Shirley. That's an old I, joke, actually. I mostly go by Lex at this point, uh, which is completely unintentional because my real name is Alex. Uh, and unfortunately, I just did not think to put an A. It didn't have room. Alex Torius? Yeah, it just didn't sound right. So I went by Lex, yeah, which is yeah. not something I've ever gone by in real life. And then people started calling me that. So now You're I'm like, stuck here. Well, I guess this is... There you are. Is, it's very interesting how... I've noticed in a lot of cases, people will choose screen names that are like kind of similar to like their real name. Very strange. I like, um, yeah, my uh, name's nothing similar to mine. I don't know what you're talking about. Yes. Well, same, but it's also like, I'm trying to think like, what is like Kirito's screen name in Sword Art Online? Uh, that is his screen name, Kirito. No, I, yeah. I thought, I thought his, wait, Isn't wait, his real it? name different? Yeah, his name's Kazuya or something. Yeah. He's like a normal name, man. Yeah. Oh, wait, oh yeah, because they, they, they say that like both him and Austin are just made their screen names their real names for some goddamn reason. It's like an abbreviation of like their first and last name. Yeah, something like that. Put together or something. Yeah, because like Kirito's real name is like Kazuto Kirigaya. If I got that right, um, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be amazed. I would I don't know if I'd be amazed. I'd I'd Kirito. Right, but. Yeah, Kazuto Kirigaya. Yeah. Kiri. Damn. Oh, it's like a light novel title. That's how you abbreviate it. That's just, I think that's just Japanese. And then Asuna's though. name is just Asuna. Damn, they just fucking less creative. didn't care. Uh, well, you the know, women, Neistat of women gamers are notoriously uncreative. Hard, you just hard R, Asuna? What the fuck? <laughs> I'm sorry, gamering her. quotes. We all know she only <laughs> plays like the mainstream stuff, like. What are mainstream games these days? You know, Guild Wars 2. Still. <laughs> Is it Final still Fantasy 14, baby. Oh, okay. Final yeah, Fantasy 14 still mainstream? 
Uh, I don't know. It is amongst everyone I follow on Twitter, but that's not a good indication <laughs> of what is and isn't popular. Fortnite, is Fortnite still a thing? That's still around? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if its numbers are as good as it. What are like the most played games on Steam right now? Oh my god. Oh, probably like Starfield and Baldur's Gate. Yeah, probably still. Let's see. In terms of MMOs, I think it's absolutely Final Fantasy XIV. Oh yeah, no, it's, it will always just be CSGO and Dota oh, 2. Yeah. This Steam. Apex Legends, sense. then Baldur's Gate, PUBG. Oh my, why are people still playing PUBG in Year of Our Lord 2023? It's got new oh, updates. Like a, plenty of two. Let me see. We'll go with 24-hour peak. So yeah, Baldur's Gate 3, still up there. A game I will never play. Oh, Wallpaper Engine, my favorite. Wait, really? Oh, a lot my of God. friends do that one. That's funny. Look at all these Cyberpunk games. Cyberpunk is up there. Play. Oh, yeah, because didn't Cyberpunk get like an update recently or something where they added police Cyberpunk officers? Cyberpunk is good now, according to the internet. I see. Um, is that because so good of the in anime? Fact that it has always been good, and if you say that it was ever bad, uh, you're a hater. So, yes, mm-hmm. how things work. I hate video games. Me too, honestly. Honestly, yeah, I can't imagine making like YouTube videos about video games. I think I'd probably just kill myself. I mean, the trick to making YouTube videos about video games is hating them. You say and that then gaming just is not dead. Playing them. <laughs> Gaming peaks with Halo Reach, and then it's been downhill ever since. And then uh, 100 billion views, please. <laughs> big outraged content about fucking video games. Yeah, you just got to talk about how you talk about someone getting mad about something, and it's woke. The game is now woke. The game industry is is woke, unless it's made in Japan, at which point it's it's not woke. No matter, uh, no matter what. No, Japan makes the only good video games. Yes, of course. Which has is just completely coincidental to the fact that it's Japan. Well, this makes us a good uh, uh, like segue. Segue? Brain work. Uh, it makes a good segue to, I guess, the first thing we can kind of talk about. That's, Our sponsor! You know, we, no. What? That's not where I was going at all. Oh. No, we gotta, uh, we gotta hit our, our daily Weeb Crew bingo bingo sheet uh gotta talk about talk about youtube gotta talk about youtube gotta talk about william chow gotta talk about Uh, william chow mentioned there you go (laughs) there we go uh talk about youtube so you're starting you're starting your little deal uh i know you're working on your your uh youtubers under a 100k for your your video deal yes uh what kind of inspired you to do that um I did not see anyone else make something like it, which is kind of the inspiration for most of my videos. Um, I don't know. I had the idea because I obviously watch a ton of YouTube. Um, I think I say it in the video, but I can go if you go to the YouTube uh, app on your phone, you can see like how many hours a week you watch YouTube. And for me, it's Mm. consistently like 40 hours a week, like no matter what. Um, More than us. Yeah, it's a lot for me. Really fucked. I like listen to YouTube when I fall asleep. Oh yeah, that'll do it. Mine is just like working hours basically, but it okay. is like, yeah, 40 hours a week, um, which is nightmarish. And I just have like, there's so many channels that I've stumbled across that like, I haven't been directly influenced by, but I've definitely seen and enjoyed their stuff and maybe took one or two things or even just, I was making a video about a subject and then I look up that subject and someone else has made a video on it. And I'm like, oh, that changes my perspective on things. And yeah. 
that's just kind of how YouTube works for me is like, it's just this constant flow of inspirations and like people coming in and out and just watching different people and taking little bits from each of them that to like celebrate a hundred K subscribers or like do any sort of like, look at how great my channel is. I feel should include all the other people that like I've seen and watched and appreciated, uh, Mm -hmm. which a surprising amount are way smaller than me, which always feels weird to like think about. So like that was kind of why I decided that I would, I just want to shout people out. I just enjoy sort of like bringing people up and, and um, now that I'm at a point with my channel where I don't really care about, like if I hit a million subscribers, that'd be fun. But like, I'm kind of, it's diminishing returns from here on out. Uh, I, I really enjoy seeing other people grow and helping other people out and like just talking about other channels. Cause that's something that like nobody really does on YouTube unless it's like some offhanded, like podcast oh i just happen to like this channel very few people are like here's 10 channels that i really like and you should subscribe to i know i know a youtuber who did that once PewDiePie, and look how that turned out for him <laughs> i am hoping that i'm everything i do is to follow pewdiepie's path actually absolutely I'm like oh, six so are you gonna be out. responsible for a for a at some point uh oh i will i've started live streaming so i'm one part of the way <laughs> to saying the n-word just don't ever go on any bridges and you'll be, be alright. <laughs> no, I think I think we because like we kind of do a similar kind of deal. Like we feel very similarly as far as like trying to like bring other people up, right? Um, obviously, we're not in the same position. But <laughs> what are you talking about? You have like three hundred thousand subs. No, that's three thousand. You dyslexic fuck. fuck. <laughs> I actually had a dream the other night where we for some dyslexic? reason we for some reason just had like. A sudden influx of subscribers and we were making like like 200 some dollars on patreon all of a sudden and i was like what the fuck i'm to quit my job just immediately started spending <laughs> it on drugs <laughs> but no yeah it's it's because like i think it's similar like what you said like you make content because you don't see other people making what you want to see and then you do find like channels that do talk about stuff and like are able to kind of add your perspective and it just sucks like when you're like man this video is really good and you look and it's got like three thousand views you're like what the fuck yeah there are some channels out there with less than a thousand subscribers that to me are worthy of a million and the fact that they don't have that is like criminal especially now that youtube is so it's like algorithm focused it's like not even there's shout outs aren't really like no one really does that as much i feel because there's so much of youtube is just throwing content out into a void and if the void doesn't like it then like sorry oh well doesn't matter how good it was it seems um so i just wanted to like kind of take that into my own hands and be like check out these people look at how good all the stuff they make is please i wonder how much of that is like because of the shift in like content because like i was i was listening to um (laughs) happy console gamer clip he was talking about uh he was on a podcast or something where he was talking about this uh i forget who it was now i would i would say what their name was i mean it wasn't a huge it's not a huge channel but they were active back in the day and he was like yeah you gave me my first shout out and uh back then like you think about the kind of content they're making it was a lot like happy console gamers content still is where it's just like you know they're just kind of talking at the camera Mm mm-hmm Whereas like now the meta is more like essay kind of content. So it's like, well, where do you, where do you like kind of shout out other channels outside of like, 
Oh yeah, and thanks, big thanks to this guy for uh, having a great video deep dive on this subject that I watched in my research or whatever. Like other than that, it was not really like a hey, I was watching uh, this this channel. It was pretty good channel, you know. Like it's just if you make a video like that and you're like a video like an essay kind of content focused channel, like that's just not going to perform well for you. Yeah, well, I feel like it's split right because before there was this sort of like not entirely scripted, but a lot of people would make like the, the I always called the Jontron era of like gaming videos or like where just mm. a lot of it was personality driven and you're just kind of talking about a thing and it's yeah. scripted, but it's still just kind of you talking and you can just take a break in the middle to be like, oh yeah. And like, check this out and look at this and here's a tangent. And it kind of like hard split from that into one side, which is video essays, where it's like, this is scripted to a T, it's serious, it's got like a whole score to it, like an orchestra behind it, because they're using all this different <laughs> music. And then the other side is like streamers, where it's completely unscripted, completely personality, like you're not even like trying to make a thing, you're just talking to camera for four hours. Yeah, they're basically so the video just like essays, let's plays, but like now extended into streaming. Yeah, like even more casual. And yeah. so like the video essays, you can't really like take that break or that tangent because it takes away from this like serious scripted video that you're making. And then the streamers will talk about whatever and they like watch YouTubers and show people out and all this, but they're kind of just talking to like their core community, which is much smaller than the people that would like watch the video if it was edited and like uploaded to YouTube because they're just streaming to like right. 2000 people. And like, that's kind of like where they stay in that bubble. Unless you're Charlie, then you just. Yeah, unless they're of. super huge and then like the super huge people are just they will shout people out and stuff. And there, I think there's a lot of people that have gotten a career literally from like a moist critical or any number of like those large streamers just being like, hey, check this channel out. I watch them on stream or whatever. Um, but a lot of it is like you're not really I feel like those big streamers and the big like content creators are kind of like in their own little space. Where it's not even that yeah. I, I would say that they're not trying to find YouTubers. It's just like they don't like they have their friends. They have their people that they're with. There's very little reason for them a lot of the time to watch just like a hundred view video at random because they have so much going on. Yeah. So it's like hard for them to even like kind of look at the, the smaller channels that before would kind of like be a little bit integrated. You know, like you'd have someone with a thousand subs who would just kind of like get on the radar of like a PewDiePie. And then he'd be like, hey, check this person out. And suddenly they're Jacksepticeye or like whoever he blew up. Yeah, it's it's kind of indicative of just the saturation, I guess, of YouTube content. Well, oh, there like, is so much more now. Yeah. Well, I mean, we say that, but we're still talking about what is effectively a tiny minority of YouTube content. Because you have to keep in mind, most YouTube content is like are like videos with no titles. They're like vid 2023, 10, yeah. 18. And it's like. Stuff like this. Yeah, like more of a personal blog than a actual. Yeah, someone just like filming random shit for some reason. Like if I go to. I mean, a lot of people still surprisingly use YouTube as like video storage, basically. Yeah. Like I recorded this video for my family that I want to text to them later, but I don't want to send them the whole file. So I'll just upload it to YouTube. It's like stuff like this is like uh, the vast majority of YouTube content. Hello, everyone. My name is Chris Morgan. 
Uh, I am. Do we, are we having a video component to this? Education. <laughs> people are going to no. be able to know what the fuck we're talking about. So. No, they could just listen to it. Involved with student athletes at the collegiate. So level. to to narrate, we're watching Chris Morgan. Or, Christopher uh, Morgan. Is, Shout out to Christopher Morgan. The video title is, is Recruit Bomb 2023 10 18 20 50 01. Oh man, I've loved every minute. Get ready. You know, he's going to find this video later. Um, education. I have. This is like most YouTube content. Is like it is like like we talk about shouting into the void. This is the void. It's stuff like this uh, is the void. Well, 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 you stare into the abyss long enough, it stares yeah. back to you. This in is just 24p. This is just like a Japanese video of like some guys on motorcycles, just riding around yeah. some town. There's there is a lot of that, um, or even among because if you take people always quote they throw the number around. I forget exactly what it is, but it's like every second one billion hours of YouTube content is <laughs> uploaded or whatever Something like it is. that. Yeah. And if you take all that and just take the people who are actually uploading it with any intention of like making something or like trying to be a YouTuber, it's a millionth of that number. Yeah, probably it shrinks down like exponentially. And then of even that, there is there's so many people that like make two videos and then that's it. And then their channel just kind of stays there. Yeah. Or they make a bunch of stuff and they maybe delete it. Or there's just a lot of of people who for one reason or another, just kind of like dip their foot in the water and then just they're out. They're not making anything else. Just to like actually dedicate yourself to even just making something somewhat regularly is tough. It's yeah. it's a whole other game to play, basically. Like, what is this? Some Russian person. Something in Russian. If you speak Russian, let us know what the hell this guy is saying. Where the yeah, fuck so is he? Have, like, he got, like, this I have no idea what this video is. Is he in a box? Are they I, being <laughs> held hostage? <laughs> that would be interesting. What, is this a cry this? for help that we can't so understand? Is, well, this is like the YouTube content I find interesting, honestly. It's just completely schizophrenic nonsense a lot of the time. You know, stuff like this where, it's, yeah, someone is basically just using this to, in, like, store videos that would otherwise just be on their hard drive. Which is interesting because I think yeah. the very first YouTubers were like that. Like, if you think about, yeah. like, does anyone remember Boxy or, like, oh God, yeah. even early Smosh where it's like they, I think Smosh, even before YouTube, kind of had this mentality of we're trying to make stuff to entertain people. But you just kind of upload it to like show to your friends. Yeah. Um, and it just so happened that some of those people uploaded stuff that then made them now multimillionaires. Right. It's just now there's no pipeline for that now, because if you try and upload something that's just you in your room lip syncing to a song, one, it'll get a copyright claim. But two, like who is ever going to watch that over some highly edited TikTok short or like some sort of video with an actual thumbnail and title? Well, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about um, on the last like stream we did. We were talking about like you know AnaTube shit, um, like that one channel. Oh, fuck, I forget the name of the goddamn channel. You would remember. So it's the one that we did last. The the archive. oh the um like World of Anime Production Seven Sixty or whatever. Yeah, um, like they're kind of indicative of the time period, like the mentality of YouTube at the time period, because they were just uploading stuff to like archive it. Where it just wasn't lost yeah. and you know accessible somewhere, and you just look at like their fucking like video title names back in like 
20, uh, sorry, 15 years ago or whatever, whenever the fuck I uploaded it, like, it's just like, uh, James versus Dylan or something or something like that. Uh, yes. Uh, and we were talking like that's like the first one of the first videos on the channel, and it's like a live action Pokemon sketch. Yeah, it's like imagine if they Jason versus Louie, nineteen ninety nine, and then the world of anime W O A and Prince. Yeah, so imagine if they named this real life Pokemon battle, and because this video was uploaded in two thousand and seven, this video would have like two million views. At least two million views. Yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. up there with Smosh, basically. Yeah. But no one's like thinking because like this wasn't made for YouTube. This was like a public, this was a public access, access TV thing. show. Yeah. So it was like they just weren't thinking about like YouTube as a platform for something like that. Because like, you know, 2007, I mean, what the fuck was YouTube? It was just like people uploading fucking Naruto and Fullmetal Alchemist AMVs. Yeah. Stained. That was all of YouTube. Yeah, the people who like stood out and blew up kind of did so. Like they didn't know that that's how you're supposed to title a video to get it to blow up. Right. Like how to do this or they just kind of stumbled into it we don't have that like i mean there aren't channels that are making the like how to get to a hundred thousand subscribers uh follow these three easy tips back then so it's like you just kind of had to guess and then some of them were like oh day at the zoo sure 15 million views everybody loves it uh david after dentist sure why not the biggest video of all time that man is like a billionaire now it's well, like it's in- completely it's like i don't think they even knew what they were doing it's kind of interesting to think, like, because I I don't know if we've talked about it on a pod. Have we talked about it on a podcast where we talked about um, like the disconnect in like the younger generations and like older generations as far as like having like a common kind of common like a common ground as as far as like media. I don't think we've actually talked about it on anything. Not really, no. Because um, like I've talked about this with like coworkers and stuff. Because we've got, you know, some co- I've got a couple of people at that office that are like in their early twenties, and the older, but like people kind of closer to my age, like late twenties, and then, um, you know, older than that, like you know, forties or whatever. We always they always give it's just like a a, a rib, right? You always give the younger kids shit because they don't know who fucking like Tom and Jerry are, or like they don't know who fucking Prince is or something. They don't know who Tom and, and Jerry are. Yeah, that's terrifying. Yeah, uh, but I was like, I was talking to him about, I'm like, well, it makes sense because like there's there's like a point in time where, you know, when I was growing up and when a lot of people were growing up, you had just had TV, right? Right, right. So you just would watch whatever was on fucking TV. So, like if it was the facts of life or the Golden Girls or something, because you were trying to watch fucking Nickelodeon and it is like 11 o'clock at night and that was all that was on TV you watched the facts of life and the golden girls. Cause you just wanted something to watch. And so you, you then were exposed to stuff that you wouldn't necessarily have sought out yourself or like would have been recommended to you in like an algorithm or something. Well, at some point, like kids are just now being given phones and then like, they just, that's all they kind of consume for the most part is just stuff on YouTube. Right. Like my brothers, I don't think they've watched like, like regular television. They don't at the house. I don't know if they watch like other places, but I've never really actually seen like outside of them trying to watch like an NBA game or something because they're into basketball. Right. I've never actually watched them watch television. They always like the younger ones always on TikTok. Uh, the older ones just usually on talking to their friends or something or on YouTube or some shit. Right. 
I mean, so, I'd, fuck, I don't have cable. I, I haven't probably watched cable in years at this point. Probably not since, probably not since I, uh, I started college have I really like watched cable in any serious capacity. And so yeah. what that's kind of done is like, since the younger kids aren't watching television, they're not going to have like this kind of literacy of like older media because they're not really being exposed to it unless the algorithm is actively like they watched like a fucking Tom and Jerry clip on TikTok. And so it started feeding them Tom and Jerry shit because that's how people consume stuff now. Or the people like us who actively seek it out. But we're in the tiny, tiny minority when it comes to that. Well, and well it's because it's like, you had that previous experience, right? Of right. Like, yeah. Certain, like, like I'm physically choosing what I want to watch as opposed to just kind of letting it all come to me. Like, how do you how do you actively find like fucking Golden Girls clips without knowing what the fuck the Golden Girls are? Like you, you're like, who's the fuck is Betty White? You get a Betty White interview, I guess. And like it just starts recommending you clips of shows she was in. I don't right. like how the fuck you find. <laughs> um, but yeah, it kind of does it tie it into what we were talking about. The reason I brought it up is like it kind of ties into that where like there was almost like a common ground for YouTube at a at a point. Right. Because the algorithm, quote unquote, was originally like the the trending page or whatever on YouTube. Yeah. Everyone had the same like top videos, top YouTubers that you would kind of like yeah. tune into when they uploaded something. I mean, that's what PewDiePie was back in like the heyday. That's what like those Let's Play channels where it was like everybody coming and checking them out. I remember even in high school, like me and my friends would watch Game Grumps. And it's like, did you see the new Game Grumps episode? Like, it's like what right. we treated as our version of television. Yeah. And then like I mean, now, like fucking someone like Mr. Beast can blow up and me and Cy didn't know who that fuck was till like two years ago. Like, yeah. They had like, millions well of subscribers by then. Getting popular. Yeah, well, I mean, there are entire spheres of YouTube that, I mean, this is the case even like, closing in on 10 years ago that I was just completely unaware of like um because I mean even even when I was in high school we had stuff like uh you know me and my friends in high school we would watch it like filthy frank idubs uh stuff like that that whole h3h3 that whole sort of thing we would talk about the uh various youtube drama happenings of like 2016 shit like that leafy is here uh, I wouldn't think that anyone older than us would have any idea what the hell we were talking about. And I don't think anyone uh, like notably younger than us would even have any any awareness either. So I think it's a, very much a um, a temporal sort of thing where you have yeah a lot more division between age groups. Whereas I think in a lot of cases, people who are like the same age or within like one or two years of that uh, age are more aligned with one another in terms of media consumption in a lot of ways. Well, yeah, even I was, I was even among age groups though, you could like sit down two kids next to each other on their phones, scrolling through TikTok, and they would have completely different feeds, like right. see completely different yeah. creators and have no idea who, what the other person is watching as opposed to like that sort of more like the trending page, how it used to be where it's like, you pretty much kind of have to watch the same things. And even if you don't, it's like, oh, check this person out. Oh, I'm subscribed to them. Now we're both synced up as opposed to now I'm following them. And that doesn't mean anything because it's still an algorithm that I'm scrolling through. There's also the fact that YouTube is very much an international platform. And there are entire sections of YouTube that we are just completely oblivious to because we only speak English. Oh, Spanish so, yeah. YouTube goes insane. 
Spanish, Spanish YouTube, everything uh, goes like I think the top Twitch streamer is still Spanish or like the the most mm-hmm. viewed live streams of all time are from from Spanish creators. Every once in a while, I'll look up like just to see like what's happening. I'll kind of look up like, oh, top 100 YouTubers of like this period. And a lot of them are and Spanish. It's, yeah, it's all P- Spanish, French people I've never heard of because I don't speak the language. And even if they did like subtitle their videos, I'm never going to get that like shown to me. Yeah. So. And, and, you know, these are, I guess, media ecologies that are as complex and contextual as the kind of stuff that we consume anyway. So it's and they're just completely we're just completely oblivious to them. They're completely out of our scope of what we pay attention to. Well, it's, it's, no. it's it kind of reminds me of like because there's that whole like kind of era where like everyone felt the need to be like, yeah, I'm not showing the people subscription feeds, blah, blah, blah. I don't think that was the case. I think the problem is like everybody just browses YouTube on their homepage, which is completely algorithmic driven. Yeah. And so you like have your, sub- will... your subscriptions right here. Uh, but yeah. I don't know about you guys. Uh, here, let me actually go to my own subscriptions. So I won't be on the Weeb Crew account. So I don't know about you guys. I'm subscribed to a good few hundred channels. So uh, my subscription feed looks completely fucking. It, it looks it looks just incomprehensible there's so much so much here i don't really watch even i have no idea why i'm subscribed to any of this yeah like legacy channels or yeah you subscribe to someone because you like a video but they upload every day and now it's like your whole feed is just their stuff even if you like only tune in every once in a while so to a certain to a to a certain extent like your subscription feed is just kind of useless subscriptions don't really mean anything on youtube anymore because i will get you know i'll get like channels you know videos recommended to me on my homepage from creators that i watch and i'm not subscribed to them and it doesn't really matter like because youtube will let me know when they've uploaded anyway because i like their content it doesn't need subscriptions to know how to curate people's content as much anymore yeah, yeah. and even like as someone who watches a ton my usual um routine is I go to my subscriptions feed first or like check my notifications for channels that have it, add them all to a watch later and kind of watch them throughout the day. And then usually say it's like a slow day, like a Sunday or something. And like nobody I'm really subscribed to uploaded or like anyone I follow really posted anything. It's like, okay, I'm out of videos to watch right now. Let's try and find some new stuff. And it's like, you're right back into that like algorithm mine. Like there's no way to just like, like just find stuff manually um even when you're like i like this channel i like this channel they could have a third channel that is completely related to them that like a friend of mine might have told me about in the ye olden days that now i just have no idea exists yeah and i have to like stumble upon it and be like oh this guy had a second channel i had no idea which is like very strange to think about yeah i don't even fucking look at my subscription feed i literally just go on homepage like i pull like because a lot of times i'm watching youtube at work and so like i'm like oh what can i listen to on know working and just having the background or whatever so like i don't even fucking look at my subscription page yes yeah, which is awful <laughs> really i yeah. should probably look at my subscription page well because yeah because yeah. you know you only see like 10 or 15 videos and i'll be honest if i don't see a video i want to watch in the 10 or 15 videos i see first on my homepage, i just refresh i just refresh basically what we're saying is, is we're part of the problem we are that is interesting i actually don't do that i act i am so subscription feed through. only okay. i do my subscriptions and then i'll go through my watch later and then 
it's usually after that that I'm like going through the channels that I like and going through older videos of theirs. It takes a lot for me to actually go to like the refresh, 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 like algorithm stuff. Hmm. Um, but that is like, I inevitably end up there because again, like once you run out of familiar things, it's the only way to like actively branch out. Like, yeah, I guess that, uh, that covers our, our ob- obligatory YouTube talk. There we go. Ding. There you go. The, the problem with YouTube talk? this we week. Please, please, the please true, talk about the anime now. Please, it's, a ha- it's the <laughs> Halloween episode, guys. Can we please talk about like scary anime? There's no such thing as fucking scary anime. Oh. Um, I, like I decorated yeah, the set and everything. Can we? Come on. I don't want to waste You didn't decorate it. shit. Shut the fuck up. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll, we'll pivot. We're we're going we're going anime mode now, um, so I I don't know if you talked I haven't I've watched some of your stuff I haven't I haven't come across you talking about it yet though, and I don't know if you have, but uh how so how did you get into anime like what is what is Lextorius's history of anime? Oh yeah, I have I think I've like briefly mentioned it just every like like in a Q&A video somewhere, but I don't really majorly talk about it because it's not that different from, I feel, most people's. Um, I watched a lot of anime as a kid that I didn't at the time know was anime or realize was different. Like I'd watch Dragon Ball Z. Scamper the Penguin. Yeah, you just watch stuff back to back and you're like, it's all just cartoons. It's all the same. Um, And I think I'd even watch Full Metal Alchemist or like some more... Uh, serious or like what people would now consider to be like the binge watchable like long shows and I was just like oh yeah this is the same as uh, Nickelodeon this is just whatever because <laughs> Canadian television is very strange with the the way that channels work where they just lump everything together so yep. a lot of the times you'll get like Wizards of Waverly Place followed by some random obscure 80s animated movie that I couldn't even remember the name of <laughs> it's just all kind of like thrown into a, a melting pot uh, so I started with that, and then, funnily enough, I've always been a video game nerd, first and foremost. Like, that was basically my identity when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. So I was huge into video games, but I was from a super small town. So I had maybe three or four friends that actively even knew what video games were or played them. So then I had to talk to them about, like, tangentially related interests and a few of them were just really into anime. So they kind of brought me into anime at the same time that I was bringing them into video games and all the stuff that I was into, sci-fi, whatever. Um, and, and at the time, even though I had seen so many shows that I only later realized were anime, I was like, oh, this anime stuff is for nerds. Like, these guys are really weird. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike me, who's cool and plays uh, Bioshock Infinite. <laughs> God damn it. You didn't really have that much of a different experience from like people that were like growing up a little bit before you uh, sounds like like because that's I mean, when I was growing up, that was kind of my experience is like you would be into something tangentially related. There wouldn't be that many people that were into that thing. So you kind of just hung around the people. I think we talked about it with uh, William Chow. There's your there's your bingo. There we go. <laughs> um, we talked about him where it was like. You know, you would only have like two or three people at the school that were into anime. And so like you kind of would branch out and watch whatever they were kind of interested in because that was the only people you had to talk to about fucking uh, Naruto was someone that really liked Inuyasha. So you just had to kind of be aware of what Inuyasha was oh, yeah. to talk about it. 
Yeah, I had there was one girl I remember who was a grade under me who is the biggest shoujo fan of all time. Had seen like every um major she would just keep showing me stuff that at the time I'm like, this is cringe. There's too many girls in this. There's not enough buff dudes fighting. Uh, <laughs> this is so like whatever. And I just remember being like, this is so, this is so, um, this is what anime is. Like, like my Full Metal Alchemist or my uh, old JoJo OVA that they played on the television. Like that's, that's real like cartoons. That's American. But this weird stuff is anime because they have heart eyes and Sailor Moon. <laughs> but yeah, a lot of Heart my, eyes and Sailor Moon. <laughs> heart eyes and Sailor Moon. That's what makes anime girly. Um, that's what makes it. See, I have a very me. different conception of hard eyes when it comes to anime and manga. Uh, I don't. I yeah. That, I don't know what you're talking about. I've never. I've never. <laughs> delved Here's into a visual such filth. reference up on screen for people watching on YouTube. Oh, oh no! Filth. Uh, Cotton fork. <laughs> so yeah, no, it is strange because my childhood is uh, because I grew up in such a small town where my entire town had like about probably less than a thousand people in it. Uh, and there was no other towns for miles and it's like rural Canada, middle of nowhere. Right. Um, I had a much older childhood than I should. Like, I remember going to a video store when I was a kid. That's how I watched most of the movies as a kid was like me and my friend would beg our parents to take us to a video rental store, get a VHS sometimes. Sometimes they didn't have DVDs. And then we would go watch that like just in the living room on a big old CRT television, um, which I feel like is not something that is not an experience that many Gen Z people have, even though I think by age, I am like firmly in that category. Yeah. Uh, I didn't have internet until I was like 15. So like a lot of my mm -hmm. childhood with anime and video games was very, it was a lot older in experience. And I think uh, a lot of people would think from me being only in my early twenties. Um. So yeah, let's uh, get into the the real horror, the the, the Halloween. Well, I was, part, I was gonna say so. Yeah, I don't part. know. I feel like we probably oh. have then like kind of similar, kind of similar experiences when it comes to like anime, manga, and even video games to an extent. Because I had a computer in my room when I was like probably in sixth grade. However. I did not have internet on that computer, and I had like one, maybe two games. One of those yeah, games, that's it. and that was this is the game that I basically only played on that computer, was Sid Meier's Civilization Four, and oh there would God. be times because uh, I love the opening song for that game, Babia Two. So there were points where I would literally just open up the game to listen to the song because I had no other way to really listen to. It. I didn't have a phone or anything. I didn't have a laptop, so it was basically just I have no idea what I did as a kid before I had the internet. Honestly, so. Yeah, kind of, kind of similar in terms of like limitations when it comes to media consumption. Yeah, I mean, mine was an old. At first, it was a Game Boy Advanced SP mm -hmm. that my uncle gave me with Pokemon yeah. on it. That I like ran the numbers out on it till it was like nine 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 basically because I just mm. didn't turn it off ever. And yeah, then I didn't get like a an actual console until I was in high school when I was when I finally got a PlayStation 3. Before that it was just like hand me downs, an old PS2 with like some games on it I've never heard of. Just getting just whatever junk I got in yard sales or yeah, yeah like meetups with friends. Yeah. 
Yeah. So like, yeah, we didn't really have ever have like the money to get like a PlayStation or an Xbox or whatever. So it would literally, I, I probably back home in Ohio still have like three or four Nintendo 64s. We just got at yard sales and a, I still have my dad's Nintendo 64. The one that he played when he was a kid that he's yeah. like, I'm never letting go of this. You can have it. Oh, so that's, like that, that's I, I grew up and he'd be like, check this out. And he'd like try and show me um, like Super Mario 64. And I mm-hmm. was immediately better at, at it than him. <laughs> like, I, I could immediately really do bad. like a backflip or something. And he's like, I didn't even know that was in the game. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. Like your, God, your dad was like, a kid. Well, he had it at some point. I don't know at what point, but it was definitely his when he was still living with his parents. I distinctly remember okay. being like dragged to like like high school football games and stuff by by my dad because he likes high school football, and um, I would just be really bored, so I'd always have to like bring something with me. And if I didn't want to bring my DS, my other option was oh, I'm just gonna bring my like classic brick Game Boy, and I'm just going to be playing like a uh, Super Mario Land or something, and just trying not to die of boredom. Or I had like um, I think I had a Game Gear as well. So another another handheld console that could probably be used as a murder weapon. <laughs> yeah, y'all are, ta- y'all are talking about this like as if this is like y'all being destitute and be like, man, I only had a Game Boy. I'm like, man, when I grew up, I had a Game Boy. <laughs> that was what we had. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, y'all are, what, 10 years younger than me? Uh, yeah, we get it. You're old. Yeah, you're old. Yeah, you're like, I'm like six years younger than you. I don't know. Okay, how old boomer. Uh, yeah, back, back another, in my day, all we bingo. had was a Game Boy. All I had was Mario Land. All, all we the had, my, star all we had in my day was a Nintendo Entertainment System and the Ku Klux Klan. Y'all ever play Looney Tunes for Let me tell Game you, Boy? video games, video games were less woke when the Klan was around. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, that's that. I never said that. I don't. I don't. I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, you um, talk about this all the time off off record, I think. <laughs> right before off. the podcast started, you were just talking about how much you love gaming as a kid and how it's woke now. Gaming in the in the 1980s. Sorry, so 1880s. All, I'm, all I'm saying is, is uh, video games became woke because of Martin Luther King Jr. Jesus fucking Christ. And that's a real okay. pro- uh, People talk uh, about uh, feminism uh, ruining games now. Let me tell you, back in the 20s, when women just wanted to vote, that's what really ruined video games. We need to end women's suffrage. Bits. This bit fucking sucks. terrifying. I'm preparing a ukulele as we speak. <laughs> it's getting canceled. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's 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 talk about the real the real scary shit. The living right now. No, you just can't stop. That's can you? just real. That's just. <laughs> I was being facetious. The real God. scary thing today, our sponsor. No, that's that's not where I was going either. We're we're just gonna we're just gonna insert the sponsor bit where we well, just like just like the sponsors like a that's candy box, a good... right? So let's talk about the real scary thing: childhood diabetes. Fucking Christ! <laughs> I'm doing everything <laughs> I can to just ensure that they never want to work with us again. Anyway, uh, we, we've, we've got our first sponsor. We've officially sold out. Wait, hold on. I thought Rope was our first sponsor. Hi. Have you ever been to Japan? No. Well, now you don't have to buy a ticket to get a little taste of Japan. Now you get yourself Tokyo Treat. 
Oh, cool. Is that like a snack subscription service? Not just any snack subscription service. No, sir. Tokyo Treat is a monthly pop Japanese snack subscription box. You'll get 20 of the latest exclusive limited edition and seasonal flavored Japanese snacks that are only available in Japan for a limited time, like Sakura Pepsi, Japanese Sake Kit Kats, Ramen, and many, many more. Each month is themed around a certain kind of landmark or prefecture in Japan. This month, Tokyo Treat invites you on a trip to the Mount Fuji. The enchanting fall season is upon us, and what a better way to savor this perfect season than amidst the majestic mountains with exclusive snacks inspired by Mount Fuji, such as Mount Fuji green tea cakes, Mount Fuji sandwich cookies, sweet potato sable cookies, and wasabi potato chips, which is actually kind of cool. They actually give you like a little pamphlet thing since uh you know most people don't read japanese that are getting this that actually gives you like translations and hmm. a little bit of like like what the flavors are yeah. uh where it's from yeah. neat. cool so I, where's mine you didn't get one wait wait i don't i don't I don't just get a box. You can get yours using the code WeebCrew for $5 off your first Tokyo Treat box. Or use our link team.tokyotreat.com slash theweebcrew. It honestly looks really good. Could you at least like share some with me? I haven't eaten in days. The real scary thing that we're going to talk about. We're going to we're going to hold. We're, we're, this is the surprise. We, we've, we've we built up a false sense of security. Now we're gonna now we're gonna hold your feet to the fire. We're gonna talk about your videos. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> no, I was. I, uh, we're just gonna like psychoanalyze you. Like, who's that one like Twitch streamer who just does like live therapy sessions? Oh, oh Doctor K, something yeah. like that. That that always seemed like super funny to me. So when you talked about anime boobs, is it because you have problems uh, with your mother? Is it perhaps that you <laughs> that you? are yearning for the nourishment uh, that, that you never got as a child. Ah, I see you. I see you. Listen yeah. Yeah. To I kind of want, I kind of just want to crawl. I kind of just want to crawl inside my mother's womb sometimes, you know, and just, and just pretend I was never born. So honestly, what I think it's f- like a, a, like a, a preferable alternate reality. One that I, where I don't exist. I need to get a spray bottle. Just <laughs> <laughs> a loud buzzer. A loud, a loud sensor that just overlaps his audio. Oh, I'm I'm gonna have to cut all that. This is good. This is gonna be really fun for the people on Patreon because they're gonna be the only ones who are hearing any of this. Yeah, you're just creating more work for yourself at this point. I mean, it's I don't fine. Have to edit this. It's fine. I mean, if you think it's fine, you're the one doing the work. Um, yeah, we'll we'll talk about some of your stuff. Uh, cause you you I think the first video we actually found you from was your randomizer video oh yeah oh interesting uh because i remember Sai was like yo this guy just fucking stole my thing what the fuck <laughs> yeah basically basically because yeah, we never using, met you we'd been using so, <laughs> <laughs> we've been using a randomizer to watch stuff in justice since what like 2020 since the pandemic started i think yeah basically. didn't turn well, into content yep beat you to it now you're god ripping me it. off god damn it Fuck. I mean, we like, got the. I mean, we're basically just ripping off the Plinketto board, so. Yeah, the best of the worst wheel. I mean, funnily yeah. enough, that was part of my inspiration for it, was. Yeah. <laughs> I want to do kind of best of the worst, but for anime, and I don't have anyone to talk about it with. It's so kind of hard myself. to do that, though, because I feel like bad anime is so 
it's so much less interesting than bad movies when it comes to like just like weird decisions being made. Like you don't have like a um like a Bigfoot versus DB Cooper of anime really, where it's like, oh yeah, a guy made this just because he wanted to be around shirtless young men. That's not really yeah. a thing when it comes to also anime. specifically for them. They do curate it a lot they where they pick what they're spinning beforehand. Because anytime they've done a black spine episode where it's truly random, I feel like it turns out about as well as my actual randomizer does, where you just get like a commercial from 1973. Evidently, those black spines are still curated to a certain degree. To us, yeah, I think they check that it's not like porn or something. Yeah, it's not, it's whereas not, it's I have actually gotten film. that before. And I can't do anything to stop it. I think there's like this disconnect. Um, like when it comes to movies and anime, because like when you, you have like a best of the worst kind of scenario, like they've made movies and stuff. So they can at least yeah. like kind of come at it from that angle where they're like, oh, this is kind of interesting how they're doing this. And like they they're laughing at it, but it's like they're kind of laughing at the process like the you know, with the process the kind of process. Thing. Yeah. Well, yeah, you can yeah. easily see the like. It's a lot of the times the worse it is, the more behind the scenes you get to see into it because it's just you're looking at like different camera angles and editing techniques. Yeah, and like, well, oh, they filmed it in his grandma's house. Well, because it's and it could be funny because it's like, wow, they actually this this poor woman was forced to take her clothes off in this fucking degenerate film. Whereas you can't really do that with anime. It's not like, oh, yeah, some no. guy got forced to draw this scene. That's not really as funny. Or like, well, because like gross. you don't have like, there's not really a way for you to have experience with making anime, right? Like, and I mean, unless you're just, I don't know how, I don't know if there's anybody that has made YouTube content or like Nico Nico content that was in the anime industry and is just like shitting on bad anime. Yeah, maybe there's something like that. Maybe, but like, most people are not going to have any kind of background in the anime industry, so they're not going to be able to approach it the same way somebody like a um, an amateur filmmaker would be able to bad movies. Right. So this it's just like you're just making fun of the movie. So you're I mean, you're just going to be fucking gigguk, right? You're just going to be like, <laughs> fucking Garzies, we appreciate we have ever seen. Do you watch that video? I haven't. I, I haven't. Oh, is, saw- is Garzies Wing even that bad? I never uh, would ever dub on it because of the dub, but I feel like that's yeah. such a cop out for something being bad. It's like, well, plenty of anime are fucking dog shit because of their dubs. Like, what kind, what kind of criteria is that? It wasn't like great, but like the dub was definitely like the most remarkable part as far okay. as like being remarkably bad. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's entertaining. Like, it's it's a it's a good bad. Like, it's like this is funny kind of mm-hmm. bad. Is it but, is it better or worse than the Ghost Stories dub? I haven't watched Ghost Stories, so really, you I haven't watched Ghost Stories. I mean, I've seen clips where they're like, I can't, r- completely riffing. Yeah, it's like I can't date you not because you're a rabbit, but because you're black. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's better, I think, because like it's still true to the script. Yeah, it's not. It's just not just like them doing like yeah. a, a fucking abridged bit or something. But it's it's like. Cause like you can still get like the Tominoisms in there, right? Like I think Shabes talked about it. Where I, I saw his reaction to the fucking gigic thing, where he was talking about the um, like, why would you serve hot tea on a hot day like this? Or so, it's like a very uh, like kind of transparently Tomino kind of thing he would probably talk about. 
Right. Like some detail that no one gives a shit about. Um, you would still you still get that in the dub, but right. it's you know not performed very well, I guess. Um, I don't know. It's it's there's definitely like we've we've tried one time to shit on an anime. Uh, oh, that made like a, go up on Patreon. That audio that will that will go up on Patreon. Yeah, probably in the near future. Us trying to for context, we made a we tried to make a video, and I would still love to make a video if only because. I don't know that thumbnail you made or was like or we're like working on is so fucking stupid that it's great. <laughs> um, we were trying to make a video on Kanal Takorazawa, which for anyone who doesn't know, uh, Kanal Takorazawa is a is a, 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 an anime, an OVA about a dog trying to to fuck this one girl, trying to fuck his owner. Essentially, it's like God the damn. opposite of a you know you know you know Kaisan's dog, what whatever the hell that. Whatever the hell that anime was that was airing a while back, and everyone was like, "This is crazy," and I'm just like, "You fuckers, you don't know, you you, you don't know about Kennel to Korozawa." God, that anime! Because at one point, there's like a quote unquote love triangle between the girl, her dog, and her teacher, and the dog and her and her teacher are both trying to fuck the girl, and everyone Holy in her shit. class, everyone in her class, by the way, is like encouraging her to fuck her dog it's very strange it's not that it's it's weird it's not that they're necessarily like encouraging her they're not like oh you need to it's like it's 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 the standard kind of like high school girl thing in anime where they're like they see this you know in 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 normal context it's like they see these these two characters that like each other they try to like push them together it's Mm -hmm. that kind of thing but it's with a dog one of them is a dog who is, is constantly is. trying to rape the main girl. There's no other way to put it. That's what he's trying to do, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's a part There's a part in the OVA where he gets his ass by an octopus. I think the octopus Jesus. made what? him like, come on. Yeah, do you no, remember it, that? It gets his It's not his ass. No, I think, no, does he get his or I think it goes into his yeah. as well at one point. Uh, this is very important. Yeah, no, it's, well, it's, it's good we I'm, make that distinction because we need to know whether or not the dog is gay. All right, and then, then that will be the determinant. Um, and then, oh, the last ten minutes. By the way, for anyone anyone who hasn't seen it, go. I, I guess go watch it if you want something that's completely fucking just stupid. Um, but that stupidity is then elevated and kind of explained by the last ten minutes, and I won't spoil it. But it kind of, at least for me, recontextualized everything that had happened up to that point. Oh, yeah, it's like the Ava of anime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like, I don't know, one cut of the dead, something like that. Ah, uh, okay. Like, oh, hmm. oh, it all makes sense now. Oh, I'm even more grossed out. Yeah, you, you get a lot of those when you uh, do do anime randomizers. Oh yeah, there was, like, there was like one that we watched where. It was an anime based on stories that were mailed into this magazine about, I forget what exactly, I think it was like sexual encounters or something like that. And one of them was basically just uh, a child, I guess, or like who had like wrote in or something along those lines. Maybe this is an adult, but they basically said that they um, had an adult themselves in like a park. It was really fucking bizarre. Oh, that one. Yeah, Shit. that one was fucking hilarious. 
fuck i forget what that was he's like did a magic trick yeah something yeah. really gross and then the, like the ending bit is like he like tells her dad or whatever while they're in the bath and her dad just gets up and he has a and it's like what the fuck oh what the fuck is this yeah i don't know if i could make a funny youtube video about that <laughs> funny youtube video about god damn <laughs> i think well to be fair it's more along the lines of like I'm going to have to use like the sensor sound more than any other. I was going to say, are episode. all of your podcast episodes like this? No, yes. not, not you. Sometimes uh, I think I'll probably just name this episode our most censored episode yet. The most compromised episode of the week. Oh, God. We try to ruin Lex Torius's career by implicating him in a bunch of really (laughs) fucked up anime jokes. Guys, Lex Torius gets canceled. (laughs) Let me me pull up a diagram of the (laughs) so we can get to planning. What the fuck? There's not a video component to this. You're not recording your screen, are you? Uh, no, I'm not, but it's fine. No, I okay, also didn't so record the audio for the videos we were watching earlier, so I have them saved to my likes so I know to edit uh, them in when I get to editing the this. For the love of the game. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so we hit from this side, all right? Oh my god, okay. <laughs> um. So random anime videos. <laughs> random anime. I think, I think it's, like, interesting to, like, go about, like, watching anime that way because like it mm-hmm. starts getting you into watching stuff that you wouldn't necessarily go out of your way to watch normally right yeah yeah i mean that's why i started doing it was because i had the idea i haven't really done as much as i've like talked about anime on my channel i haven't really done too many videos that's just straightforwardly like me watching a show and talking about it mm-hmm. and the ones that i have done have been on shows that are in my like they're not the the popular like i'm not making something on free rent or, or bochi the rock or oshino ko or something uh because i don't feel like i have anything to add to that i feel like there's a lot of people that can make a really interesting video out of that and i'm just like i would talk about what i liked about it and like maybe a little behind the scenes but there's not much that i would make that i would think is interesting or like something someone hasn't done before sure so for me it was just okay well what if i just do that sort of more general talking about an anime like reviewing stuff but it's, the shows themselves are just completely out there and nonsensical or like s- stuff people haven't heard of um and so the random anime just kind of it acts a little bit as a crutch for me because i don't have to be like that i don't have to make some sort of like big point about the show that i'm watching i can just kind of talk about its history and because it's something that like five people have seen or it's some random obscure ova or whatever um it makes it a lot more a lot easier for me to just kind of like let the anime do the talking Uh, especially because i have a a bigger audience now and i think it's interesting to like if it is really good i can show it off to people and like tell them to go check it out when a lot of people are just kind of talking about like the newest seasonal jujitsu kaisen like go watch this that'd be something interesting to check out is if next time you do a video like that uh, to check out the like my anime list and like any list pages to see if there's like a bump in activity after the video goes up. Oh like, yeah, had, that would be interesting. Because like we've had that even with our group watches where like we all watch like Ongaku or a Japanese boy who draws or some like indie, indie uh, independently made anime that has like 500 members on my anime list. And you just see like a sudden like like 10 people added this to their completed list because we were just like watching it <laughs> in the group watch. Um, yeah, yeah, it like, is 
Oh, good. I was just saying that we had like 20 people at one point on that. I, mean, boy, I can't attribute uh, a lot of because I'm trying to think of, of more obscure shows that I've seen that I've really recommended. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I think just due to the nature of the randomizer, it has been a lot of the stuff that does have like 500 people who have seen it uh, isn't also stuff that I would necessarily recommend. It's like some random music mm. video or something that I just don't yeah. have much to talk about. Right. Um, and, and that's the other thing, too, is that I, I've been trying to watch more shows per video with that series so that I can mm-hmm. go through more. Um, but with a lot of it, it just kind of ends up being like the, the shows that I end up really liking, I think are, are ones that people have also probably heard about. Um, I ended up watching Trigun Stampede in one of the videos, which was very, oh, very right. funny. Yeah. Because yeah, it's, I don't know. Um, an interesting, a way to approach anime, but I think like you were saying, I don't have a lot of background or experience with even outside of, obviously I haven't touched an anime production um i'm not as well versed on the background of like different animators or like directors and stuff at least not as much as someone who would be able to just point out like this person also worked on this and and this is kind of their their repertoire um so like that that's been something that i've been working more towards has been if i find a really obscure show or find like a really interesting piece of media i love to be able to try and like push myself at least a little bit with the research of it and like talk about who made it and how it was made. Um, because then that can kind of, that can kind of make up for, again, if I watch a show and I just like it, it's very hard to like come up with a twist for that, which is why I haven't made too many videos that are just me watching some seasonal show or some show. You have to check out this show. This show changed my life. (laughs) Um, anything like that. It's definitely like a, a thing where it's like, you have to, you almost gain like a greater appreciation for uh, some of the stuff that you watch um, just by having seen more and kind of expanding your database, essentially. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, you brought it up earlier with the um, talking about how, like, if you don't know the production, or if you don't know a lot of the behind the scenes, it's it can very easily just turn into you just shitting on something that you're like not really that familiar with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like that's been a big point, a kind of turning point in my channel, at least, is that. My when I first started making videos of the kind that I make, um, that are now unlisted and deleted, they're like before the first videos that are public on my channel. I started off as someone who was essentially just like an I hate everything. Not to I keep saying I hate everything, not the specific YouTuber named I hate everything, but like <laughs> the kind of channel that just talks about movies that they don't like or like famously bad stuff. Right. Because I would just watch like X Arm or like redo of Healer and be like, look at how bad this is. Don't you think this is weird? Um, wow, so wacky. And it, yeah, and like there's not much that you're adding in that case, but it, it's very easy to just shit on something like that that's yeah. like popular to hate. Well, there, there's, I, like an enti- there's like an entire cottage industry of YouTubers who basically just watch dog shit teen movies on Netflix and then just recite the plot of the movie yeah. in a video, and that's the video. Yeah, and I quickly sort of grew tired of that, which is why all those videos are are now deleted. Um, and yeah. I, I wanted to like make something a little bit more, even if it is just me talking about some specific show. I wanted there to be like something to that. And the thing that I found is that it's very hard to go into a show with a negative attitude while trying to like go more in depth into it. Because as soon as you find out like, oh, this person directed this and like this is the history of their career it becomes way harder to just completely shit on them or like talk about this as like a bad show. Right. Um, or even like, if you look, I'll look at something and I'll be like, Oh, it was this successful. And like, 
it didn't get a second season. It's like, oh, now I feel bad that like I'm shitting on this thing that like was obviously someone's passion project that like didn't get off the ground. Yeah. Um, so like my channel is basically completely 180 and I try now to, I still want to be critical and like obviously like point and laugh at some stuff if it's like very obviously funny. There's tons of anime where like I'll just be watching it and like just a random shower scene will pop up and it's like, okay, I feel like that's still like <laughs> something to laugh at or something mm-hmm. to like that it, it surprises me um still whenever i pop up especially in like a random show that i hadn't didn't know would have that in it um but like to actually just point and laugh and be like oh this show is so bad because it has x um there's i've just kind of moved away from that and i've tried to like focus more on appreciating or like being positive about the shows that i'm talking about because otherwise there's if i'm just shitting on stuff it just gets old really fast and i feel like that's yeah. not fulfilling for me yeah i mean we're at the end of the day, it's like, we're not monks, right? You're still going to have, like, your opinion. And yeah, I can still not, not like be. stuff, but... It, it can, yeah, I can very easily see it just be, like, demoralizing to kind of make this... I don't want to say trite content, but content that you're not necessarily proud of. It may do well, but you're not necessarily... But you kind of feel too comfortable creatively, and you want to do stuff. Because, like, I guess the like the kind of irony of all of these videos that complain about this anime is so generic or this movie is so generic or this TV show is so generic is that those videos themselves are often very generic. And it's like, you know, to a certain extent, I guess it's easy to be a critic if you have nothing to criticize. So. I mean, I'm also someone who is, especially now that I've done this entire giant spreadsheet of channels that I'm recommending, I have, I think I can confidently say I've seen more AnyTube content than like 90% of people um, yeah, probably, easily. Yeah. Uh, bec- and because of that, I've seen, I'll look at, you just look up even just a specific show. Bochi the Rock is the one I always cite as an example because it's funny. Um, however many people made Bochi the Rock videos where it's just, here's why it's good. Here's the plot of it. Here is a, uh, a talk about, you know, it's a, it's a cool adaptation because it changed stuff from the original manga. And I didn't really like slice of life anime or I didn't really like girls doing cute things anime, but then I watched this. Yeah. And like a lot of those videos just started to like just hit the exact same way. And it made me really appreciative of watching YouTubers who would make a video, even if it's on something that's like really saturated, but just add even just a little twist to it or even just a Mm -hmm. little like message or thing that they're trying to get across. And so watching that from other people and being like, man, I really don't find a lot of value from people just talking about shows the same way. It's like, if I just did that with my own channel, I would like, it's even worse. It's, it's like the person who's seen 10 million movies trying to make their own and trying to make it not like any of the 10 million movies that they've seen. Um, it's just, I've seen so much stuff now that is very sameish to me that I try to like, at least do something different, but because I've seen so many things that also do, something different it's like the i've raised the bar for myself beyond what i think most people would even expect of me yeah there's definitely that effect like because like as much as we as we watched like yeah you do there's like this you definitely want to give it grace right like to a degree like i i definitely understand that like you know especially with something like a bochi the rock like you're typically making something to just put in the algorithm just to put your shit in front of people. Well, and also like you like the show. Like I watch the, the rock. Show. I like it enough that I want to talk about it on video, 
Yeah. It's like, you can't really hate someone for doing that. And I'm not hating on anyone who's made a Pochi the Rock video, obviously. Um, I'm ta- I'm like completely cynical when it comes to watching that stuff. And like, um, again, it's like, if you've seen a couple Western movies and you're like, oh, I really like those as opposed to someone who's seen like every Western movie ever made and is like, man, this didn't do anything different. It's like, I think I'm the weird one in this scenario. I'm just like, because of that, it's, it's like warped my perception of like what, uh, what I myself can make. On top of that, you're all, you know, yeah, just all, yeah. Being like, you know, uh, it's, it's one thing to just be like, you know, aware of these sorts of things. You know, you you can watch like a lot of like, uh, anti-tube content or a lot of YouTube content, but then your perspective is also going to shift when you start making YouTube content yourself as well. Uh, cause they, cause then you kind of feel like, Oh, this is how the sausage is made. <laughs> this is why these things are like this. When you see someone's video and you can go like, Oh, I wonder how they did that editing technique or like, mm-hmm. Oh, I know, I know that they made this point earlier. So they're probably going to wrap back around to it here. It like starts to unfurl the whole video. Like it loses the magic. Right. Um, yeah. It's like watching some great CGI scene as a 3D animator and being like, oh, I know how they did this. And like, I know what effects they're using. It's like it completely breaks the immersion for you as much immersion as you can have for an anime video. It's like dissecting a frog. You know, you, you understand the frog more, but you've also killed it in the process. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't want to like you don't want to do that again. Um, mm-hmm. There's no point in like dissecting the same frog twice, I guess. Yeah. How do you think it's affected like I don't know how much anime you've watched since you kind of have started this process, but like not do enough. Think, <laughs> do you think it's kind of um in in influence kind of how you consume and like kind of look at anime while you're like actively watching it? So like that's the interesting thing is that I have not seen that much anime um compared to anyone else making videos about it and and the thing that that's done is it's, you say that. you'd be surprised <laughs> i would be surprised i would even like i'm i would say my my uh my power level so to speak is is pretty low um but like obviously there are people who make an anime video after watching their first one or whatever but it's interesting because the second you start making videos about it it's the same that i look at video games now when i started making videos about video games is like you look at them in a different way where it's like I'm watching the show and in the back of my brain, I'm constantly thinking, oh, I hope this isn't good enough that I want to make a video on it because I just really want to enjoy this show. Yeah. Or like you see something weird and you're like, I could talk about this. But then it's like, oh, but then I'd have to like I'm no longer watching this for entertainment. I'm watching this purely for like business purposes. Yeah, that's also a thing. That's kind of like, fuck. Yeah, and it's really interesting because I haven't seen that many shows to where I would like normally be cynical towards anime, but I'm sort of like speed running the process by mm-hmm. already talking about all the shows that I watch and all the video games that I play. That it's like become like I, I've I've um, aged myself like faster than normal. Uh, I'm I'm turning into an old man in front of my own eyes because I'm like. <laughs> Even though I should not be cynical towards these things, I'm like, oh, but I've seen videos about this before and I, I want to talk about this. Um, so it's like it's kind of ruined anime for me. But at the same time, I feel like if you if you let like the media you enjoy that you're like making videos about ruin it for you, like it's you just need to think about it differently. Like you're there's things you can do to prevent that. Well, I think it kind of goes back to kind of what we we're talking about, like FD. Um, where He was talking about how he doesn't really 
he's never really consumed anime with that kind of that lens before. Like it's kind of its own. It's almost on its own island where it's like untouched by. He just kind of watches it to enjoy it, right? Um, it sounds like you're kind of, I guess, shifting more into like actually, like having to look at it in that way. Um, I've never. I've, it's interesting because like I see your stuff and like what you're saying, and it's kind of, it's almost like you're going through something, partly of something I've never really experienced myself, but partly something that like I kind of went through before making YouTube content. Uh, because like we talked, about, I think we talked about just in the last episode. Like I watched most of the anime I've seen for like a decade before I we started making content, right? Mm-hmm. And like it was very much like a a conscious thing of like I don't want to start making videos without uh, on this subject without having seen like X amount or what I feel to be like sufficient. I did. It was a very arbitrary thing where it's like yeah I feel like I've seen enough now, but it wasn't like I was like I had to watch a thousand anime and then I could start making content or whatever. Um, but like, yeah, you definitely kind of go through a little growth as far as like how you consume things and like how you look at things, um, when you kind of look, looking at it and consuming it in that lens. I don't know if I necessarily ever outside of like when I was like 12, I don't think there's ever been a point where I kind of consumed anime in that way, where it's like that would ruin it for me to like start critiquing it. And I think that's mainly just Well, I think that's mainly just like the way that I kind of got back into anime because like when I was, yeah, I watched it that way when I was 12, 13 or whatever. Um, And then when I got back into anime in my 20s, like once, you know, streaming and all that or downloading movies and stuff was a thing. uh, Talked about it in our first episode. Don't recommend it. But (laughs) um, when I start, when I got back into anime, I kind of was like I was already into like video games on that level. And so it was like a kind of seamless transition where I was on, you know, the V uh, video game board on 4chan or whatever. And I just started using a more. And so it's a very. It was a, a lateral movement, essentially. So I never like got back into. I was never into anime. On that level of just like passive kind of like enjoyment, um, at least like in the in this kind of stretch of time I've been in the anime. Um, so it sounds like you're kind of having a bit of that where it's like, you're, you're, that's why it's like ruining it for you is cause like you were, you did enjoy it. And now you're like looking at it in that way. Um, or like you get like content brain in that way. <laughs> yeah. it's like, I don't know. It's like, I guess for me, like this feels very natural. It's like a natural progression. Cause I, I kind of, that's just how I started consuming anime again. <laughs> Which yeah, is natural on that level. Basically, our videos are what I talk about just on fucking my on Discord, right? Like that's a natural conversation for me. I mean, that's sort of like the shift for me, at least, has been I've always so for when it comes to video games, I've just always been like that. Um, even back when I was in middle school, high school, playing whatever shit game that like my parents picked out of a bargain bin for me. I would immediately go to school and talk about my talk about it to, with my friends and we'd like pick it apart and we'd look at it and we'd look at like the game design behind it and we'd try and like make our own games up like based on mechanics from it. And so like pretty much my entire life I've looked at video games critically and so I've had that sort of like come to Jesus moment where I'm able to like be zen when playing a game and like 
understand that I have criticisms about it that I can talk about or like want to like make videos on or whatever, but also just still enjoy it as a game with anime. I just, I'm way less experienced than I am with video games. Um, so it's, it has helped having that prior experience with video games about that, but also I basically got into, I say got into, I've been watching anime again since like middle school, like casually, but I really like quote unquote got into like actually binging through shows um, and like actually like analyzing and like even just looking at like, oh, I like this show. The director of it also made this. So I'll go watch that now. I, I really got into that basically like just before I started my channel or like started making the types of videos that I do now. So mm-hmm. it's just I understand the path that I'm heading towards in terms of like how to enjoy anime without just like completely burning myself out on it because I'm thinking about it like as a job. Um, it's just I still have to like kind of walk that path and like try and like calm my brain down when it comes to that stuff. Cause inevitably I think with the kind of content that I make or like with the, um, the groups of people that I look at as to like what kinds of videos that I'm, that I'm aiming to do. There is a lot of that sort of, there's so many people that just make like seasonal videos, right? Where it's just like they watched every video that or every anime that came out that season. And a lot of the times I don't know if they're doing it, because they genuinely want to. Um, but I see them like get views or something like that. And so like, I think it's just that YouTuber part of my brain that like, is like, Oh, if I talked about, if I talked about Bochi the rock, I could do something interesting. And then of course we have the whole, what we talked about earlier with like, I just try and hold myself to like some weird standard of, of trying to like be nuanced when talking about anime, but also not having the, like I was very arrogant when I first started making anime content. Um, I think a lot of my, obviously my older deleted videos were me just like shitting on stuff. But even like when I started getting into like researching it and making the like hour long videos that I did, I had this opinion where it's like, well, I'm, I know a lot about video games, so I can just talk about video games basically without having like done any research beforehand. And just kind of like inherently, I have all this information in my brain that I'm able to then like back up later. Uh, I could just do the same thing with anime, right? So I can just talk about this this anime trope or like this show that I don't like um, and here's why I don't like it and therefore it's bad or whatever. And yeah. I, I just inherently know all this stuff so I can, I, can, I can make this video and it'll be fine. And then someone would leave a comment that's like, yeah, but actually like you didn't talk about this. And I'm like, oh, fuck, I actually didn't <laughs> realize this thing. It's like you think you have all the information and then you're not even like 10% of the way there. And it's so not like, even just like you, right? That's like fucking like Gigguk and all them. Like that's the kind of shit they do too, to be honest. And they, like, yeah, there's a, a little bit more experience, but there is a sort of ego that I think the kind of videos that I make gets you where you can just assume that if I do my normal amount of research into something that I'm just kind of going to be correct on that thing or like I'm going to make a video that is that, like if I'm saying hey, did you know that the first blank was made in this year? Like nobody watching that video is going to, is going to know that before. So when you make that video and then someone comments like, well, actually this thing came out first. Like everyone knows about that thing you're talking about. Like, oh, I'm not even in my, I'm out of my element on this. And so it's like that, that, that is, I think more related to that burnout that I was talking about of like talking about anime is like, trying to speed run to the to the grand wizard i know everything about anime and i've kind of had to realize like okay i'm not gonna get there 
by doing that, right? You're not going to like force yourself into being an anime expert or being someone who can like talk about this stuff like this. Um, so instead, I should just enjoy the ride and make the anime randomizers and the, and the stuff that's like more casual and more like actually trying to have fun with anime and share that with people as opposed to like being correct about anime. And here's yeah. why this is bad. Cause I've had so many ideas where it's like, man, what if I talked about subs versus dubs? Surely no one's brought that up before. And uh, I have the that, correct that, opinion novel, about it. What a novel topic. Yeah. And then it's like, you look at even like f- 10 years ago and people are making subs versus dubs video essays about anime. And it's like, oh, okay, I'm really not. I just, I think I'm the first person who's come up with this idea, but I'm really, I'm really not. Yeah. That's, that's the kind of stuff I think I'm really critical of is like that kind of mentality. <laughs> Cause it's, it's just obviously like something that can be easily corrected. Right. Cause it's like, you just spend like five minutes and you're just like, oh yeah, people talk a lot about this before. <laughs> Well, and it's, it keeps getting like, especially on Twitter, it keeps like subs versus dubs. The one that I made a video on was fan service because, and I literally made that video because every single week on Twitter, there's a different screenshot from fire force that goes viral with the caption. This is why I don't watch anime or like, so like fan service is ruining anime or something. And I'm like, man, I just really want to like make something that talks about it just at all more than that. Um, and like, I decided to make that video and obviously there's a ton of people that have made deeper dives into it before I had, but like, I just wanted to make it essentially for myself and for like the kind of person that looks again, you just see like some screenshot of like the new seasonal anime and there's like a titty shot in it and people go, Oh, this is ruining, this is ruining everything when it's really just, again, people have been talking about this for decades before YouTube even existed. People have been talking about this. Um, it's just, everyone thinks that they're the first one to come up with it. And when you post it on Twitter, there's a bunch of other people who haven't thought about it before who are going to like latch onto that and be like, oh yeah, I never actually thought about fan service like that. It's terrible. Someone should talk about this. And it's just, you got to jump in at some point and be like, okay, this is like, just start linking your video. I've literally, I mean, that's the point of making videos, isn't it? Winning arguments on Twitter. I forget exactly what it is, um, but I made my after my fan service video, I then was like, OK, I'm going to like that was sort of my turning point towards um, like, I don't think I want to be an expert on anything because I'm not the person who should be looked up to as an expert on anything, because every time that tweet then went viral on Twitter, they would link it and be like, hey, check out Lex Torius. He's the, the fan service guy. He's the expert on all this. He knows everything. Um, and that's what people like link to a lot of the time. So then I tried to make like a, a video on waifus and like kind of waifu culture. And then again, it's like anyone brings up the word waifu and there's like a link to that video or like someone talking about it being like, this is everything you need to know about it. And in my brain, I'm just going like, oh my God, there's so much that like I didn't talk about in this video. Like don't look yeah. at it as like an encyclopedia of like, this is every fact we have about like this the topic. end all be all. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think, you, I think you've said like you kind of view your content like, your approach is like you want to be like that cool high school teacher. I think is the way you kind of put it. Yeah, there's channels I watch uh, like Pause and Select and um, the Cynic Clinic, even like Caribou Coon. I could name I have I'm literally writing a video about 100 YouTubers and there's like 20 of those types of channels that are like they just know way more about me. You guys obviously know way more about anime than I do. And I look to like that kind of anti-tuber as like. Okay, I, 
again, they're not the expert. They're not the person who like definitively knows everything. They're not Mr. Anime, but I can look at their stuff and be like, this is more depth than I could go into because they have the, it's like they talk about like in high school, you learn how to study. You don't actually learn math or whatever. You learn like how to do research. It's like those people have more experience learning how to do research on anime um, that I would just need to spend hours and hours of practice and like making videos in order to get to that point. So instead I just want my videos to be like the sort of introductory lesson, you know, anime 101. Here's kind of what you basically need to know about the subject. And then if you want to learn more, go over to these people that know more about it. Which is sort okay. of like linked into me shouting out more channels. I've done that with my video games video where it's like I talk about video game difficulty and then I bring up accessibility in that video and I'm like video game accessibility is a really complicated topic. Here's literally just channels I will link to that are like accessibility advocates that like know more about it than I do. And that's sort of like linked into Mm -hmm. my why I want to shout out so many channels because again they know so much more than me but they're like someone will have less than uh, 10k subs and I just like feel bad. I definitely think there needs to be more of that on YouTube like just the mentality of like oh someone else has made this this video on this subject much better like you might i'm not saying that you can't like make a video on the subject that takes it like a different angle or whatever like more personal whatever but definitely like having that kind of like awareness to be like yeah someone else made this video it's like more in depth on this subject kind of gives you better context than my video might check that video out and then that can act as like supplementary material to this video i definitely think that needs to be like more of that well Um, that's something i started doing And I, again, if there are people that have done that before or like who regularly do that, I can't really think of many um, where it's like to learn more about this topic, watch this video by this other person. And like you're kind of regularly using that as like a a passing of the baton. Tom Scott will do that. But like Tom Scott is kind of like, in my opinion, anyway, like gold standard YouTube content. Yeah, he's top of the bar when it comes to when it comes to that. I know that there. Yeah, I can think of other. I think in the science community that it's a lot yeah. more common among media essays or like media analysis. That's very rare to find. I think because it isn't yeah. like it's not like science where you can just be like, and this person has a PhD in molecular physics and has a YouTube channel, so go check them out. Uh, well, like science communication is like a degree you can get. It's a job. Yeah, um, and it's, that's, it's not really extended a, to like media sciences. Yeah. So like, I feel like that's still s- sort of forming and to go full circle back around to like what we were talking about with like YouTube and algorithms and stuff. A lot of the time, it's very hard to find videos that are like related and that go more in depth again to like talk about, I uh, talk about the fan service video a lot because it's the one that sort of like opened my eyes to this. Um, but there's a channel called Beyond Ghibli who made a video called Degenerate that goes into um sexuality in anime in a broader sense that goes way more in depth than my video did and came out like two years prior mm-hmm. i had not heard of that video i had no idea that video existed when i was doing all of my research because it didn't have fan service in the title or thumbnail and when i was trying to search up even like related topics like you try and look up like sex in anime you're not going to get a video essay you're going to get like top 10 boob moments in uh naruto well, let's see or what whatever yeah. let's see what happens So it's just so much more like there's a lot of content out there that is like very valuable. (laughs) Yes, I just looked up sex in anime and (laughs) search in anime are determined by mechanisms such as Jesus Christ. (laughs) What? It's just like hentai and YouTube. Yeah, but it's like it's just that's uh, Joshi Luck. 
uh, everything I, I would ever imagined. I think that's also yeah. Josh Hillock. So it's like very hard to find. Like I want to do research on this. I can do research darkness. on like uh, a Wikipedia, then going into like some journal. Then like there's there's avenues for like actual research into like papers and books on subjects mm-hmm. for YouTube videos. Because of the way that YouTube works now, it's like completely broken in that regard. So I can make a video on a subject and try and think of every example and try and like watch other videos on the subject to like broaden my opinion. And I'll just miss some like very popular, very obvious videos. It's really hard to do a literature review on YouTube. Yeah. So like that's kind of been something interesting has been. And again, tying into like me trying to shout out more channels is like if I find this, this video that goes more deep into it, like I don't know how many other people would even, even if they watched my video and were more interested in the subject, if they would find this other video. Um, And there are so many like that where it's like, yeah, there just really needs to be some way of, or like some um, standard, even if it's just among YouTubers, like a, a code of honor, there needs to be some way of being able to just like link and talk about these other people making videos on subjects that might have like had a different opinion because if you just let an algorithm or you just let YouTube do it, you just have no people have probably seen my fan service video that have no idea that anyone else has made a video on the topic because even after watching it, they just didn't get recommended the right content. So it's like, if I'm not talking about it, if I'm not talking about study of swords video on fan service and kill a kill in that video, I don't know how many people would have ever like connected the dots and stumbled into it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, well, because YouTube, YouTube has a very strange uh, logic to it when it comes to like content pipelines and rabbit holes. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. This is less of a thing now. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, where it was like the alt-right pipeline on YouTube where, you know, you watch a video and it's like, oh, feminism is is ruining is ruining video games or whatever. And then like 10 videos later, you're watching a video on race and IQ and scholarship. Yeah, Ben Shapiro pops up. (laughs) Yeah, but so, which that mechanism itself, not really a bad thing. It's, but it's being used in very strange and often harmful ways where it's like, it's, it's because YouTube is constantly trying to guess what you want to watch. And I think what's interesting is, is that, Despite all of the data Google has, despite all of the data it pulls from its users on YouTube, it's still kind of bad at finding videos you want to watch. Well, yeah, it's it's entirely just them kind of guessing. And yeah. even if it does guess, like say they had a predictive algorithm that could 100% guess like or read your brainwaves and tell what you wanted to watch next i think very few people actively want to watch something that goes deeper into the subject than they just watched well that's that's another thing Um, yeah because if you think about it a lot of videos and again kind of what i talked about like they try to be the definitive video on this subject like that's kind of what i was trying to do with my fan service video um before i i switched gears um is like this is the definitive video on this thing so if you watch that video why would you ever then go well i want to learn more about that like Mm -hmm. the video is advertising itself as the end-all be-all of information um so even if they do miss something you as the viewer aren't going to know that because you're just kind of trusting them at their word and then youtube kind of uses that algorithm to like say like you move you into some other topic because you've you know explored everything that has to do with that this video covers um and then they've kind of gutted the the remainder of like 
how do you actually do research on it? So even if a video has like good tags and SEO or whatever, kind of doesn't matter if you're trying to search for it. Yeah. Uh, so it's just like there's there's very little with like rabbit holes. A better YouTube search algorithm would honestly go a long way for this sort of thing as well. Yeah, and it wouldn't have to um, compete with the algorithm, right? Like that's the thing is people who are like searching stuff don't necessarily. Like I type in fan service and anime explained. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's always trash <laughs> video. I found while, while researching the video itself, while I was making it was, um, the anime man from like six years ago. Oh God. Which, it's just him talking unscripted to camera. And I'm like, well, that's not like good video unhelpful to researching a subject. Yeah. Yeah. Know, it's just his opinion like on it. Shorts. Anime's that's that's the one thing I think women, God, that has to be kind of navigated. Uh, it, when it comes to like citing people, I'll, I'll shout out uh, Pico the Spicy Warlord and uh, Gomi-san, both their channels, because uh, I should sh- I should have talked about it. I think I, I might have mentioned Pico in the last video we did with the uh, Smuggler. Um, both of them cited Smuggler's video on um, kind of how you used to do fan subbing. And yeah, I I don't it's it's not the worst thing in the world, right? Like his video is informative and it's pretty easy to watch. Um, I just it's just weird because like it's like you do have firsthand source information on YouTube on the platform talking about it. And like, you know, Smuggler's video himself, he even like cites, you know, Williams video on the subject. So, I mean, I guess in a way it just kind of acts as like a a rabbit hole where like. (laughs) Yeah, and it's yeah. better than not having it, right? Yeah, um, like I, I, I'm not complaining. I'm not saying like you shouldn't do that. I'm just saying like there is a, a point where you do kind of have to be like, okay, do need to be careful how you navigate this because like it's like you could just cite like an actual source. Like a YouTube video is not a source, right? No, but it is it is helpful as far as like possibly like branch uh, fully fleshing out like your perspective. And kind of being like, hey, this video actually talks more in depth about it. It's just not like a source to cite necessarily. Yeah. Uh, and that's sort of like where I've, because a thing you will very commonly see is people that watch a long video essay on whatever the subject is. And then like that's their opinion on it is like what the video essay said. Um, and and you can see that a lot with bigger YouTubers like H Bomber Guy and like the really big ones when they drop like some two hour long video on a subject that then people will immediately start posting on other various social media or just have conversations with their friends with like, Hey, did you know about this thing? And they'll just start reciting the video essay as like the information, like as if it's firsthand. Yeah. Um, we, we kind of, as a society just un like we don't question information when it's presented to us. Um, and so that's kind of why I wanted to switch to, even if I do want to do, like, I obviously do want to talk about, anime and video games and stuff more in depth and with nuance and like with research behind it. But I want to do so in a way that's one, if I have sources for my own videos, like I want them to be actual sources that I'm like citing and stuff, which is something that I was like terrible at before and something that a lot of YouTubers just kind of don't even try to do at all. Um, And on top of having my own video, at least try to be like cited and sourced up to my own standards. I want to then make it very clear that like, I'm not the expert on this and here are other opinions about this subject. Like here are the other videos that people have made on this that might have like a different, a different 
stance on it or might just like talk about it. Like this one tangent that I went on in this video, here's an entire video about it. I think you're, it's interesting with your content, like tying it back into um, the high school thing, high school teacher thing. I just, yeah, I think of myself as the cool high school teacher. Yeah. I think, I think it kind of shows like the mentality you have as far as with content creation. Uh, Cause I think with me and Cy, we're very much like, we kind of don't, I mean, we obviously want our stuff to be accessible, but like, I think on some level we kind of don't give a fuck about like trying to please everybody. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, to a certain extent it is me like playing the game. I'll make some very, um, I don't want to say clickbait cause I obviously don't try to make anything like actively misinformative or like inflammatory, but like I try yeah. and make something that's going to appeal to someone who might not already be interested in that topic or may have just heard about it. Again, if you've heard of like fan service or waifus and those are just words, you know, but you don't exactly know a lot. I want to try and like coax you into learning more about it. Um, And then instead of like just kind of leaving it there, I want to then lead someone into other channels or like other sources that might actually like expand their knowledge on it. So it's again, that's why I consider myself like cool high school teachers, because it's the people going to class aren't necessarily interested in learning and I want to kind of make it my job to like make it interesting. And obviously you can't do that if you're doing some 40 minutes, um, very heavily, like you're quoting books and stuff like that at somebody. And it's some very specific niche topic. It's much harder to make that video appeal to people who like don't even care about the subject. And so that's the, the line that I want to walk is like being the more appealing person, because I know that I'm not, ever going to be the more well-researched person or the person who like has the more informed uh nuanced historically backed up opinion with like tons of of information in my head um so i instead want to like lead people to that guy and just kind of like present and be funny and and you know uh lead someone down that road we def- i think we definitely have like similar uh i guess like what, what would be the word <laughs> i'm blanking on mentalities like- yeah, like a similar mentality in that regard as far as like what goes behind our the content creation because we're kind of similar in that way. I, I would say we're, a, uh, I guess we're like a step in the other direction where it's like we definitely try to make our stuff. It's not that we don't play the algorithm at all, right? Like it's not like we're just making content. Like I, we would never claim that like our con- like our stuff is not trying to you know, blow up or whatever. Like we're trying, we just suck. <laughs> like, um, but uh, at the same time, our stuff's not necessarily made for everybody. No, um, it is. Yeah, very you're not much... trying to find like a Joe schmuck who like just saw Full Metal Alchemist and like is like, I want to get an anime. Yeah, we're we don't we don't we're not placating to that audience. Uh, we definitely try to like kind of be that pipeline um, where it's like, I don't know, they watch a Lextorious video on fan service and then they just come across our video and then they can go to someone else's video or something. Yeah, like, we definitely are in that same kind of mentality. But uh, I don't know, it's probably it's probably partly because of like my background as far as like, um, you know, having kind of started with like discussing shit on 4chan where I just I kind of don't give a shit <laughs> about like I'm, yeah. I'm very much like I'm not I'm not into like gatekeeping 
but at the same time, like, I just don't really, I'm not like so much where I'm like, I got to bring like fucking everybody to this level. It's like, I just trying to no. make this level more accessible to people. Yeah. And that's sort of, um, again, kind of what I opened with, like, a lot of my videos are made because I haven't seen someone do it before, but I think the more apt description is a lot of my videos are made because I like to think of my channel from like an outside perspective. Like if I existed in this world and there was another YouTuber making the exact content that I do, I want to, I would want to appeal to myself who isn't the YouTuber. That makes any sense. I want to like try and make videos that I would have loved to have already been made. Um, Mm -hmm. so like when talking about like fan service or like any like sort of deep dive when I'm talking about horror games or like whatever it is where I'm actually trying to like do the more video essay thing and make a point, I'm trying to make that video for someone who is basically in my exact situation who just does not have the, they didn't end up, you know, making the videos. So if I can like, like I'm getting into anime when I first got into it, I would have loved for someone to have made a fan service video just talking about the general history of it and then being a little more nuanced than like it's always bad it sucks and is terrible um so like i'm gonna make that video for that person who like kind of is myself that i'm thinking of um and that's sort of like where i'm making that like that's the perspective that i'm taking which i understand is a completely again a lot of it can boil down into okay i'm bringing up this subject i know about this subject but how many people watching the video know about it and i kind of have to like walk it all the way back to like all right and the beginning of anime the first anime that was ever released and let's Let's talk from there let's talk about hiroshima and nagasaki oh my god (laughs) yeah so it's like what is anime like that's like the kind of level that i'm going to just to be like just to make sure i'm getting absolutely everyone like caught up to speed there yeah, there's there's definitely like a space for that stuff. But I understand like, that that's like not everyone should even do that. And that's just kind of a very specific approach that I take that. Again, I think that you guys like you don't necessarily take that approach. And it's like not like I think your videos still do a very good job as a, a different perspective, like from a different uh, angle than mine does. Like, I guess the way I've always kind of approached it is like. It's like you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink, right? Like, I kind of, it, when I was younger, I would spend a lot of time trying to, you know, be the informative person kind of thing and, like, go out of my way to explain things and make it very accessible on that level. I kind of have found that, like, it's it's best to just let people do that themselves in a way um, and just kind of encourage them to do that through like making a space for them that encourages that right and making like, sure think, that the resources are available which is i think yeah the, the main thing i think because i think of like part of why i think uh you know four chance a like anime board was a six because you think of it like i'm not gonna say it was like great right but you look at like the size of it and like what kind of content it was kind of generally producing at the size it was, it kind of was good at like fostering a space that kind of made you look at things that on different level than you would, if you were just talking about on like, you know, Reddit or Gaia or something at the time. So I kind of view like 
our content in that way where it's like I kind of want to make a space where it's like it it normalizes talking about things on this kind of level and doesn't make it weird, right? Like you're just mm-hmm. having a general conversation and can, you know, just cite a book or something that's like, oh yeah, this book talked about it and this detail or blah, 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 blah. Like it, it shouldn't be like a weird academic thing. You know, it shouldn't like you, no. you shouldn't have the stigmatization of like, well, they're talking, they're citing a book. So this is like academic content. Like that's always been like asinine to me. <laughs> like when they've done that yeah. for like Joe's content, we're like, oh, he's an academic. It's like, bro, he's just, you know, like, yeah, they're very informative. They're very well researched. You read like, a book. He's just, yeah, like you cite Reading a book, so it's academic. Exercise, <laughs> For my own right? videos, too, there's like a certain sense of, I think if you, yeah, I, I, when you bring that up, I understand that the the perspective, and I think I appreciate that because it is, um, that that's sort of the perspective I have for uh, whenever I make a video that might be a little controversial or like I'm taking a stance on something is like, there's, there's always that stance of like people, like you can't force someone to learn. You can't force someone to like get into something. And then the second that you try to like bring someone in, if they're like actively against it, you're not going to, but what you can then do is make sure that like, I like, again, you're seen as, I, I think your channel is very good for, um, you two, have very casual and like obviously like unscripted discussions about anime that'll like go more into it than most people that I know, certainly most anime podcasts that I've listened to um, where it's able to, like you said, like normalize that sort of like having that deeper understanding and talk about stuff because something that I get on a lot of my videos is when I am catering to like the, the widest demographic possible it also means that that widest demographic can sometimes just take the most surface level interpretation or just not engage with it at all. And then I'll make a video about fan service and there's just a ton of comments from people who like basically don't get the message that I'm putting out in that video, which inevitably is like fan service is like okay and should be celebrated if it's used well. Um, and they'll just kind of take the most surface level, like that Twitter um discourse take that i'm trying to like lead into by being like oh you may have heard of it from this um or like i'll make a video on waifus and it's just a lot of people who are like not really engaging with the waifus thing and then just commenting like man you cited this book oh god this is the i've seen people with phds who don't um do as much research as you and it's like no not really it's just on youtube and like in the media analysis space that's like pretty rare among i would say any like video games movies anime whatever like someone to actually like look into the topic that they're doing on a level where they're just even like citing a book or anything like that is like it's a pretty rare thing um and so i think that like while i'm trying to again, reach that wide audience and just give them that resource, just like start that, that rabbit hole. I think it is, I do appreciate what you guys do a lot and what a lot of people do with the sort of like normalization of like, it shouldn't be seen as a weird thing to like care about anime enough to read books about it and like learn directors names and producers and like uh, different studios histories and all of that for a lot of people, especially with anime more so than I would say any other media. Uh, have this like self-hatred <laughs> where they're like i like anime but not that weird stuff like that's what i had when i was growing up is like right. i like dragon ball but not uh sailor moon that's weird 
And that could kind yeah. of carry over into like, I like anime, but I'm not going to like, I'm not that into anime where I'm going to like learn any Japanese. Like that's cringe. And it's like, okay, well, if you did say even just learn a bit of Japanese or learn like the history of Japan around anime, like you'd learn some interesting things and have a more nuanced take. But there's so many people that like are allergic to that. Um, and I think that that's entirely because a lot of anime media is allergic to that, where again, people will just bring up in like topics of like, oh, this anime is terrible. This 80s OVA is so bad and weird and look at it and look at all these anime that have uh, panty shots in them. And oh, my God, incest. Oh, my God. Every anime is cringe, except for all of these like very safe attack on Titan. Akira. You know, yeah, those yeah. types of anime. So, like, I think just embracing that, like, and that's something I've done more. I have obviously a video talking about fan service, and I used to be for the longest time the person that was like seen as anti fan service for whatever reason. And I've tried to now <laughs> embrace more just as this sort of like, yeah, and like I love 100 Girlfriends as it's airing now, and that show's ridiculous. Um, and that's <laughs> yeah. why I love it. And I think being more open about that, because I've seen so many people on Twitter be like, 100 Girlfriends is so cringe and weird. And I tried watching it because a friend said it was good. And it's like, I don't even think you believe that. I don't even I think you might have genuinely enjoyed the show. And then to like seem cool on Twitter, you're like, oh, this is cringe. A little performative aspect to it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't even know about that necessarily. Like, I think it might be like they just that's how their brain is geared right they're just like this this anime is gonna be cringe because it's about 100 girlfriends you just so yeah, you go into it, the wrong it with that. framework yeah i think I, that's kind of why i like i just never really cared that much like going like about like trying to get people to this because it's like you're gonna if you're gonna get there you'll get there eventually on your own right like it's, mm-hmm. it's gotta come it from has like to be within. genuine yeah like i i view these things like these filters as what you know essentially just filters right like Mm -hmm. it's like oh if you know incest in anime bothers you then tough shit i guess i don't know like (laughs) like being apologetic about it is like i'm just so over it i guess because like or like making a video that's like why incest in anime is actually good like trying to do that like defensive um like no hear me out guys like it's actually like that kind of thing can kind of feel because i've seen videos that do do similar Mm -hmm. stuff to that I think the best way to go about it is to just be genuine and to be like open about that. Just make a video about why a hundred girlfriends is good. And you're not even like, Oh, but it's a, I know people say this anime is weird, but I actually like just talk about it genuinely as you like it. Yeah. Um, the sort of like, uh, do not kill the part of you is that is cringe. Kill the part of you that cringes. Like, I think that's a genuine way to like the best way to get people sort of more into anime is just show them that they don't, like let them reach that journey on their own and sort of show them that it's not like you can be someone who's like into anime and is a functioning adult or whatever, yeah, you know, like yeah. that sort of meme that people always spout. Um, and I think that with my videos, I just try to like, I don't know. I don't necessarily touch that group like you were talking about, but um, I think that that's sort of something I've tried to incorporate a lot more has been this sort of like genuine appreciation for the art form as opposed to this, like, Hey, you should get into anime. It's not as weird as you think. Like it should just be, hey, you should get into anime because it's cool. Yeah. I think it's that's definitely like a mentality, I think, that comes from like the the growth of like anime. Because like you saw that a lot when I was growing up, I would see that a lot where it's because like you didn't have a lot of people that were into anime at that time. 
And so, like, just trying to get people to anime was like pulling teeth. You're like, no, man, it's 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 cool. Like, you should check it out. Like, it was very apologetic, very like trying to accommodate people. Now, I don't think you have to be that way. Like, anime is so like not that you should ever have to really be that way. Like, even back like in the last ten years, I kind of just got to the point where I'm like, you know, fuck them, right? Like, <laughs> they get filtered. They get filtered. I guess like it's it doesn't have to be for everybody, right? Yeah. Um, but not that you want to like gatekeep and be like, well, you don't like fucking 500 year old vampire law. You're, you're a fucking tourist. tourist. Yeah. Like, just who gives a fuck? Like, yeah, people it's like, have their own like, interest. Okay. I, I mean, don't like I it. That's fine. I don't care. Well, and like, if you think about it, anime was like built on these kind of niche things, right? Like, oh, 100%. Yeah. If you look at the actual, like, especially of course where it started in japan um there's a lot of that is built on the stuff a lot of anime would not exist without the stuff that people say is like the bad parts of anime yeah right we yeah have, we have we can thank we can attribute the, the miyazaki's entire career to the lolicon boom of the early 80s in a lot of ways yeah yeah like literally yeah and I, I don't know. As someone who's into video games and anime, I think that's the biggest difference to me is that video mm-hmm. games, because you saw that a lot in like 2000s, 2010s, where video games were like trying to be cool. And it was, it kind of took, it took the form of like, oh, a lot of people say video games are violent. So let's try and make a video game where you don't even, you don't even, there's not even combat. It's just, you're walking around a forest and it's, it's art now. Yeah. Um, oh and, and it's like very defensively trying to like prove that this thing is cool. Or then you just have a lot of people who are like, oh, I like video games, you know, but not Call of Duty or whatever. And like he had this like sort of movement for that. And I feel mm-hmm. like anime is kind of reaching that point where essentially anime is mainstream. It is just cool. You can just like it for even the weird shit, but people still act like it isn't cool when they're acting like that to a crowd of people that like don't exist. Like you're trying to defend yourself against people who like aren't criticizing you. Right. Yeah. And so it's basically like, just it, self-hatred. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, I think that's sort of the barrier where like video games were able to just be like, man, this new doom game, that's art. Like who gives a shit about, Oh, it has to be a story about this man coming to terms with his own sexuality or whatever. Um, it could just be a dumb video game shooter and still be like appreciated for what it is. And I think anime is kind of getting to that point where we should just be able to be like, yeah, like this new shonen is good and it doesn't have to be like, oh, but if you're really a tourist, you're not into freaking hundred girlfriends or whatever. Um, so like there's this sort of weird mentality that's like it's like shadow boxing, like you're trying to fight people that don't exist. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, the, again, the way to like get past that is to just kind of show that like you're just fighting shadows like you're not actually yeah anime was built on like these kind of weird niches and it's like you don't have to like no one's telling you you have to like you know the lollicon shit no one's telling you you have to like these um isekai or harem anime they have things that kind of are in these niches that will appeal to you in a different niche like if you don't like these things, you're you're one of those that's like, oh, these are very male centric, from a very male lens. You do have stuff that kind of more appeals to 
the Fujoshi kind of crowd, right? Like mm-hmm. these things exist in these spaces. Their anime itself is a very kind of niche space. I think people just in the West aren't used to being in a niche where anime was kind of built in the niche, right? Like it is, it is the niche. It's and it's fully kind of embraced that. And it's sort of like, um, like an alliance between niches almost. Cause again, that's why I talk about with video games, like video games, you can have someone who's like super into like weird puzzle games or whatever. And their best friend will be like a call of duty gamer and they can just kind of like appreciate it for what it is. Yeah. Um, and whereas I, I think anime is like kind of getting to that point or like, it's kind of like still on the, the, the tail end of crossing that hurdle where it's like, I can be super into shoujo and that doesn't mean I have to hate everyone who likes shonen or I have to like, I can uh, not like isekai and still not think that like, Oh, every isekai is uh, overrated and bad. And everyone who watches it is a pervert or whatever. Um, like you can just kind of like, like and we all like anime <laughs> like that's the end of the day um and there isn't necessarily this like i don't know it's it's like you're fighting for no reason just cuz you're like it's the the tail end of that sort of like it's the end of the war and you're trying to like we're all allied with each other we don't have to still keep shooting at uh, at everyone who's different than us you won you don't have to fight anymore like <laughs> exactly yeah this is what victory tastes like <laughs> Yeah, we all have we all have anime PTSD. <laughs> a new isekai pops up and we have nom flashbacks to being back in the trenches. <laughs> <laughs> no, isekai is actually good, guys. I swear, like, you, it's like, bro, just just like it, man. Like, you don't have to, like, fucking shit talk it. Oh, yeah, it's Mishoko Tensei. It's like the top show ever. You don't have to like, oh, but it's actually the good one. <laughs> no, it's so, just popular. It's, 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 it's well, I mean, that's I mean, no, you do because like. That's how the internet works, essentially. Like, mm-hmm. Otherwise, no one's going to pay yeah. attention to you. I think, like, you know, you can't just be like, yeah, I don't really like this thing, or I really like this thing. It either needs to be, uh, this is the greatest thing ever, or uh, I watched this anime at knife point. That's, that's well, I mean, your uh, dichotomy, essentially. That's why every video starts off with, like, I didn't actually like X genre until I watched this show in this genre. It's like, that's the hook, right? Yeah. I mean, if you want a great example of that, just look at Colleen's channel, right? Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the videos that do the numbers for her are, you know, the decline of shoujo anime, anime that was ruined, like misogyny in the manga community. Most of her videos are like this manga was inspired by Studio Ghibli, and it's a, a video about the uh, Shuryuki with the red hair or whatever. Um, Jose manga you need to read. It's just her recommending like Helter Skelter, you know, a bunch of other different stuff. And those are only getting like 10,000 views because they're just positive videos. They're not sensationalist. Yeah, people want like an enemy or like sensationalism. Yeah. I mean, it's the same with gaming. As much as I say that gaming has like somehow progressed past this point, I think it's not that far ahead because there's dozens of channels that are unironically gaming is dead channels, right? Like we talked about. There are people that are just. Well, I talked about this a bit uh, in like the uh, two year anniversary episode, uh, like two episodes back where video game discourse kind of embodies and like magnifies the best and worst parts of what you see in a lot of anime discourse where uh, a lot of really good 
interesting, well-made analytical content tends to it tends to do a lot better than it does with anime content. But on the other hand, you also have like this like obnoxious outrage merchant uh just complete bullshit content that also tends to do Mario like, really is woke well. now. Yeah, stuff like that. Um so it gets very like frustrating uh to say the least when like with anime because like those that content exists with anime uh and uh, to a certain extent like the problematic annoying stuff stuff that makes me want to just fucking put a gun in my mouth and pull the trigger that tends to still do better than a lot of like the analytical stuff unfortunately um hopefully that's something that will get better with time although i'm also not going to hold my breath in a lot of ways yeah, again, I think it has to do at least in part with that sort of like self-hatred or that sort yeah. of like um, that inherent refusal to want to like learn more about it because for some reason you'll think of yourself differently because uh, there are like Jacob Geller, major video game essayist, goes really deep into these topics. Mm-hmm. The people that go that deep on that same level into anime don't get as much attention. Well, here's the fucking and thing. I, uh, I was going to say, it's interesting that you bring up Jacob Geller because he had a tweet a while back, back in July, uh, basically saying hard to quantify, but man, every day it just feels like games, marketing and PR has triumphed while any meaningful space for criticism is stomped out. The level of antagonism normal ass gamers have towards thoughtful critique is off the fucking charts. And I'm just like, <laughs> I mean, he is right. And he is right. In but he also way. has a million subscribers. I think gaming is just so big. Yeah, it's that, so like, much bigger. Stomped out looks way different than it does for like anime, quote unquote. Yeah, stomped yeah. out. Like, 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 and I've talked about this with Mumi as well. Like, I think our level of success, because you know, anime is like a more niche thing, and we're kind of catering to a niche within a niche, arguably, and arguably a niche within a niche within a niche. Uh, in some ways, is that well, obviously, we're, you know, we're not going to be pulling. Uh, like Jacob Geller views or Matthew Matosis views or anything like that. But I still think that there are a lot of, there's, there's a lot of people out there that would like our content. So it's a matter of, well, how do we reach them? And what gets really annoying is a you know, slight tangent is like with like Mr. Beast uh, style, like advice on how to like, how to blow up on YouTube and stuff. It is immensely unhelpful if you are, trying to do anything that isn't reaching the broadest demographic possible if you're like i want to like reach this specific niche there's nothing mr beast is really going to be able to like tell you in order to reach that niche because he's obviously he's probably not like familiar with it in any way he he is someone who focuses on like the big picture broad level like mass audiences stuff like that he's not someone trying to cater and market and get videos to a specific kind of person yeah and it's also it's so the common advice i've always heard has been um whenever you're starting any channel back in the day i used to want to be a let's player and what i'd always heard even back then was like start off in a niche start off doing something that like kind of no one else is doing and like you get those hardcore viewers in and then immediately pivot to a broad scale as soon as you have any amount of clout that you can leverage and I think it'll like yourself with that. Yeah. And the implication was always like, if you're still in that niche, your channel is effectively dead. Like you're never going to grow by gaining bigger. Uh, you're never going to grow by, by just serving that niche. You're never going to like get any bigger. 
And it's very strange how anime is so big and so large, and yet those niches have not gotten to the point where you can like cater to one specifically and right. like do this full time even a lot of the time. Uh, whereas there are gaming channels I know that do like a very specific a PS1 exclusive one hour long retrospective deep dive into a game that only came out in Japan, 100k views, right? Um, well, it's, a, it's, it's a lot just of, so it's, much bigger as a demographic. And I, for us to, to a certain extent, I feel like we're kind of also fighting an uphill battle because the people that, you know, I think our uh, content would probably be uh, people who would, the kind of people who would probably enjoy our content the most are probably also people who just in general do not like anime content on YouTube because they associate it with like Giga, Scamboli, shit like that. Um, yeah, you're so, like uh, you're you're serving a a market that is already jaded towards the entire yeah like larger industry. Yeah, it's almost like a double edged sword where it's like the more that we broaden the kind of reach of our stuff as far as like trying to do SEO, uh, like thumbnails stuff like that to appeal more to people, the more that makes like turns off those people. You become what you hate. Stuff for. Almost like I mean, really, we're just doing it on like the thumbnail. Like we're not changing our content, really. No, but no. like I get so many people that are like, "Oh my god, this fucking title!" I, I I've had so much more like I give so much more grace to like titles and thumbnails now because like I doing this, I've realized like how fucking awful and shitty it is. Uh, where it's like you try to make something just you're just basically trying to get someone to click on your fucking video to see if they'll be interested in what you're talking about. Yeah. A lot of YouTube. I mean, the reason people have such like averse reactions to clickbait is because a lot of YouTube is like, I've made this amazing video on this very specific topic. Okay. Now I have to trick people into like, (laughs) into clicking on it into like even engaging with it. And I know that they'll like it if they click on it, but I just need to basically like lie to them to get them to click on it. Even though like, there's different levels of lying when it comes to that. Um, and so like, and then people get mad that you lied to them in the first place, even though they liked the video. Um, it's like a very strange, again, like it kind of similar to the anime thing. It's like a very strange, like whiplash you get. Um, Cause back in the day it used to just be boob thumbnails and it used to just be actual deceit. Just, there are not even boobs yeah. in this video. Like we're just straight up lying to you oh. and it's still carried over. But now it's like the lies are a lot more nuanced and that there are a lot more like you can empathize with the people who are like trying to like come up with a, a title and thumbnail just to get people to click on their video that they worked four months on. To a certain extent, I, I feel like it's I've had to accept that I just I don't I've actually never had to accept this. I've just kind of always thought this is that I do not share the mentality with your average YouTube viewer in the first place, because, you know, when you make a video and it gets 100,000 views. That's a hundred thousand people and law of mm. averages, you know, a lot of people are probably just like not processing the video in the way you are. I think Hayden talked about this a bit where, where, uh, they, they made their fruits basket video and they kept getting like these comments that were like, not really talking about anything in the video. They were just like, yes, I love fruits basket. And it's like, what the. Yeah, cool, but that's not what the video is yeah. about. You fucking breathe through your nose. Come on. Oh, every <laughs> every video I've ever made that has a question as a title 
like yeah. half the comments are just people answering the question. And it's like, do you not think that's what the video is about? Yeah. Is me yeah. trying to answer that question? Why are you just answering it? And then it's something that I say in the video directly. I mean, we saw it with our fucking Rebecca short. Oh God. Yeah. People are just being like, Rebecca isn't trans. It's like, that's the joke. We literally say transhumanist in the video. Trans-humans. That's the, that's Please. the bit. So it's like, Oh yeah, here we go. So I literally sort by newest. Here's the first comment I get on 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 Hayden's fruits basket video. I don't like Toro and Kyo, and that's Jesus in all Christ. caps. Uh, I always wanted her to end up with Yuki, and I, I get why she ended up with Kyo, but still crying emoji. Even with that explanation at the end, it's it just left me so empty. And they just paired Yuki with this girl that appeared out of thin air during a period near the ending. It was rushed, so rushed and forced. I hate that they give us weird reasons for why the most obvious pairing can't end up together. Yuki is basically that he thought it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, it's just people. It's like Facebook comments at that point. It's yeah, just people want to yeah. say something related to the topic and just didn't yeah. even care about the video. Yeah, they're just using it as, as like a forum board. <laughs> Just shouting into the void. It's like, what? This is my Bible. Fruits Basket made me who I am today, honestly. And it's like, good, good for you. Yeah, for it's you. the Kodacha music, heart. Yeah, the oh, average. I, I think uh, as much as I can um, try to get in the brain of the average YouTube viewer, I think ultimately it's... Uh, pretty futile to, to go you gotta, to a certain well, you've extent. Gotta, if you want to get into the brain of your average YouTube viewer, you got to think like uh, you got to think like Fulcrum. You got to think like Damien Luck. Yeah. Uh, you need to just take blinker hits until your brain has been completely fucking rotted and you can no longer process more than five words ahead of what you're thinking. <laughs> no, Steven's comment section is always the best. I bet we're only going to get the pinnacle of uh, intellectual discussions. Uh, brainlet take but why don't these animators go on strike the pay is shit the work conditions are shit etc is it the culture even now with mappa shit is bad it's like what how's that you just want to talk about whatever they want to talk about they really i mean do, i've yeah. experienced this recently because i talked about i have a whole thing it's still ongoing because it keeps getting brought up but i have a whole thing on twitter going on with the um i want shorter games with worse graphics meme Mm-hmm. Where oh, it's God. just I bet you got some lovely comments on that one. It's so strange that the opening 30 seconds of that video are me going, All right, here's the meme that I titled the video after. I don't think I actually mean worse graphics. I think that's a little harsh. I think these games have right. stylized graphics. You're, you're that's literally what I would personally think. Like the actual meaning. First 30 seconds, like yeah. not even a minute in. And then every, like, first of all, on Twitter, where it's like you didn't even click on the video you didn't even know that the video is like a video it's just a twitter post of someone screenshotting right, right. it but then the comments in the video that of the people that actually searched it out are just people being like man you called x game in the thumbnail worse and it's like no 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 this is not <laughs> i'm not the one saying this you know what i mean it's like um it's like if you made like a news video covering like this hospital got bombed and then people in the comment section goes why would you bomb a hospital and it's like i that but I'm, I'm covering the news. I I wasn't the one who did that. I don't. Why, why would you? It's like their their level of comprehension towards what's going on in the actual video is just. They don't even want to. They don't even want to engage. They just want to like see the title and assume that the right. video is exactly what they've built up in their mind. I have. There's a video by Mia Cole that just recently came out. I think it's having like 
encoding issues that she's dealing with, which is a whole thing. But I, I get featured in that video because of the shorter games with worse graphics um, uh, controversy, so to speak. And I make the joke that there are people who would attack me on Twitter, who would like directly talk about the video and be like, you, this sucks. I hate it. Uh, I can't believe he said this about this game in parentheses. Haven't seen the video, by the way. It's like, I, what, (laughs) what what are you talking about? It's like directly just being like, yeah, I didn't watch this movie, but it sucks. (laughs) Like, What are you doing? And like, that's sort of like the, not to say the average, not to bring everyone down, but that is a large uh, section of people who just watch stuff on YouTube. Um, where again, it's like the, there is an argument to be made of like, do you even try to cater to them or not? Cause you can try to like dumb it down to a level, but if it's to a level where they're not even watching the video before forming their opinion on it, like you've kind of, it's kind of pointless to try and even like engage with them. Well, I think, I think, uh, a very, very clear cut moment where I think we were going through, let me go to Scamboli's channel. Let me pull up his most recent video, which was on, uh, I think it's that one. Yeah. Heavenly delusion. I think we were just going through the comments for this and it was just, I don't know, fucking nonsense. Like, uh, let's just sort by newest, uh, this is Billy. Billy has an ad block. YouTube oh, is yeah, I've seen that. Like, yeah. uh, uh, I can't watch this video because the LGBTQ makes me scream and I hate when gay people, in parentheses, satire. Oh, nice. And it's, it's like, I don't, excited for every new episode. I hope there will be a season two. Uh, the Eminence in Shadow has a lot of subtlety as well. It's like, what are these comments? Some people just need to like- add that racist card. I remember there was a comment that was like, I'm glad Scamboli is out here highlighting these obscure anime. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, so it's like, I, I think, Mumi, you said, I don't want this audience. No, I don't. I, want, don't. I don't want these viewers. Yeah, so that is kind of, I, I think, what we were talking about earlier, where it's like, like, how much do you, not to say pander, but how much do you try and broaden the demographic to, like, appeal to everyone? Yeah. yeah. I think... I obviously try to appeal to a much broader demographic than you guys with your channel. And and a lot of people, I try to be like pretty general, cool high school teacher energy, but I have also made videos that are like pretty critical of something, or I'm like talking about something controversial. And a lot of the times to me, it's the, the difference I have in my mind has been, I want to try and cater to someone who is like actively engaging with it and like like should be catered to or like someone who's like i want to learn more about this i'll be like yeah you want to learn more about it here's all the stuff you need and like provide that much like information and resource and that like stepping on um i want to like onboard someone like that and i think to go a lot further because i think i've had this a lot of the time where i'm writing a video and i'm going okay i read out this sentence this joke this whatever oh, I need to add another sentence to like explain what I meant because people might take it the wrong way. Oh, I need to add another paragraph to explain this whole yeah. bit to explain. Well, actually, this isn't the first blank. This is just the first one that I found or this is just the, the you know, whatever thing that I'm looking into, whatever thing that I'm talking about. No I don't actually cares. think. Yeah, it's like the, to a certain extent, you're just screaming into the void. You're the people that you're trying to like explain yourself to aren't even listening. They aren't, they aren't even watching yeah, the video. Yeah, because like, in a lot of ways, people don't necessarily want information. What they want is information that is contextualized into a specific narrative that they already have in their heads. And 
if the video goes with that narrative, then it's then it's good. If it goes against that narrative, you're going to get a lot of like angry comments, regardless of how like well informed the video is at the end of the day. Yeah, so that's been my that has been a very fine line that I'm still trying to work into has been trying to get someone who already has that narrative in their head to watch the video. And the video is secretly about the opposite narrative or about this like more nuanced perspective. And like, I'm just slowly easing them into it. Um, And that's sort of been something again, like where I watch random anime and stuff. I think the more that I can watch some random eighties OVA show that maybe another YouTuber would watch and go, Oh, this is cringe. This is bad. This is the worst anime ever. This anime literally killed me whatever they would do. I want to Mm -hmm. try and go into it with a, like, Hey, this is cool. This is like, I want to engage with this on like an actual serious level, genuinely enjoy it. Cause then hopefully someone watching me who is going like, Oh man, he's going to shit on this anime can be like, Oh, he actually liked it. Well, maybe I should check it out then. Yeah. And like try and just, even if I can just that little bit, like get someone to like think about something more than what they're already like, they're already pre-built conception of it is. If I can just get them to go a little bit deeper, even if it's not that much, like that's kind of worth it to me. And that's, I think something that like every YouTuber has to like reckon with is like how far they want to go with that. And of course there's a billion different valid perspectives. Uh, And I think that's kind of where I differ or I try to differ from the, the people who are just shitting on anime without having seen it. And the people who are like engaging with stuff, but don't necessarily care about like catering towards every demographic i'm trying i'm trying to be that mm-hmm. middleman yeah which is also why i think it's so important to like then shout out the people who are like a little deeper down the rabbit hole right i think who someone who does what you're kind of talking about as far as like the misdirection uh really well um J- john's uh super eyepatch wolf's most recent video on, yeah he's uh, great at that he is i think especially with how big super eyepatch wolf is their ability to kind of go into something is like just talking about like undertale or the Simpsons or like pro wrestling or whatever. I had no interest in pro wrestling. And then he makes a video on it and I'm like, man, this is actually kind of interesting. I actually like am, am brought into the storyline. And it's like, I wonder how many people are like that with a lot of the subjects that they're covering. Cause I think they're really good at that, especially through like kind of not, not to say emotional manipulation, but through like, weaving it into a narrative where you can actually like feel empathy towards something that you might not have had empathy towards from the, on the outset. He's kind of revealing as far as like what you said about the people just taking things at face value too. Cause like he'll post, he'll talk about uh, in his most recent like Simpsons video, he would have like the a Simpsons quote. is good actually as the yeah. title. He, uh, he'd have a quote that was like a review of like the most recent season or something. And then he'd, uh, he'd quote things and, in. in say stuff and then he'd be like maybe like 20 minutes in the video he's like actually this was about the old the good stuff and like kind of yeah this quote shitting on the simpsons isn't about the newest season it's about the one everyone thinks is like the best season yeah i think it's a really good um i think probably like version an interesting example of this would actually be um internet historians no man's sky video where i mean i didn't know anything. I, I think I knew about No Man's Sky at the time, and I knew it was like this game that like overpromised and then was just dog shit. And then uh, I don't know, Lex, you're more of a video game guy than me, so maybe you can correct me if I'm off the mark here. But I feel like that video specifically 
It like rehabilitated the entire image. Yeah, it, and yeah, I was someone yeah. who I pre-ordered No Man's Sky. I was one of the people that got burned and like hated mm. that game when it came out. And I think just them going into it with the like, I mean, internet historian is obviously a very sarcastic person who's like very good at like, I mean, they made the whole, like all of their like actual history stuff where it's talking about like the Costa Concordia or whatever. They're like kind of poking fun at real people and they're good at it. Right. Um, so going into a video about No Man's Sky, it's like, oh man, I wonder what they're going to say about it. And they like are very positive towards it by the end of the video. Yeah. And talking about all the good that it's done. And that like did absolute wonders for the image of it where like No Man's Sky, I think is like incredibly highly rated on Steam at the moment because it's like had this whole like come to Jesus. Um, yeah. Because a lot of people have probably starting with Internet Historian or at least he, he was a major influence in it. Like I've started to be like, wait, it's actually I should look at this deeper than I already hate this game. So therefore I'm not going to watch anything related to it. Can't wait for that video to be made. The same video to be made on cyberpunk. Yeah. Well, that's the opposite. Cause I have a whole video talking about how cyberpunk's whole redemption arc was like fake. Mm. Um, so I have the opposite where a lot of people online, um, like cyberpunk now to the point where they completely ignore how the game launched and are like, it was good the whole time actually is my opinion. <laughs> Uh, and I have a whole video going into like, no, it was actually really bad and like terrible and like basically illegal uh, the way that it released. And we shouldn't just blindly accept that it's good now. Therefore, like we forgive all their sins. Yeah. Well, the anime was good. Therefore, the anime was good. Therefore, the game uh, didn't release so broken that they had to refund. it. Yeah, that was a, that was interesting to see is like the anime came, uh, Edge Runners came out and there was like a rehabilitation and like a sudden like resurgence and interest in cyberpunk 2077 uh well specifically of- with that like cd project red is and i talk about this in the video uh, they are masters at marketing mm. those old witcher commercials with the like heavy cg um the the whole like marketing of cd project is like oh we're gonna release like a bunch of free dlc and we're gonna like fix the game the end of the new i don't know if anyone here has seen the trailers for the new cyberpunk expansion no um, no the end so the one trailer has idris elba who's like the poster child of the new expansion and it's him talking about how it's like a game of cards is a metaphor so he's like you sit down and you play a game of cards and it's isn't that just a bit from the wire i think so uh a lot of he's sort of been in the like gustavo fring um typecast where they try and get him to play the same character over and over again (laughs) like relive the glory days but uh, Idris Elba was talking about like card games and he's like, you sit down to play a game of cards and like you're, you're trying to win. And uh, it turns out and then the, the trailer like cuts to black and it just goes him. It turns out the game is fixed. And then boom, Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> and it just ends with him saying the game is fixed. <laughs> like, like the most on the nose, like we the game is good now, guys. We 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 fixed it. <laughs> And god people were it. like, oh my god, like it's such a ballsy move. But it, again, they're like masters of marketing yeah. when it comes to just being able to like be like, yeah, the game sucked at launch, but it's good now. Idris Elba said so. <laughs> There's like anyone I now. trust for their opinion on video games. It's Idris Elba. Idris Elba and Keanu Reeves are yeah, who I think of when I think of gamers. <laughs> hard, hard fucking Keanu Reeves. God damn. Oh. Man, I don't know. We've been going for like close to three hours now. We didn't really talk about any specific anime that much, did we? Uh, I mean, if you want to talk about specific anime before we leave, Lex, you got any favorite anime? You got a three by three? 
Uh, I three by three. I don't, I think I made actually one of those like topster five by fives or whatever, but I don't, uh, I don't, I don't, even my, my anime list is like, I don't favorite anything or like rank anything mm-hmm. highly. I really like Steinsgate. That's been getting a lot of flack recently. A lot of people have been saying Steinsgate is bad actually. Oh, well, uh, I guess it is like a 10 year old show now. So it's, it's, it's cool to, to do it. that. But I am the world's biggest Steinsgate defender. I even liked Steinsgate Zero a little bit. Oh my god! Have you played the visual um, novel at all? No. Never and mind. I, fake fan. Burn in hell. <laughs> Your life um, is forfeit. I'm coming after you. Yeah, I do like uh, Ava obviously in Gurren Lagann because I was very depressed in college, and I watched <laughs> those, and they're like a free therapy session. Um, trying to think of spooky anime for for Halloween, but yeah, I please, don't even watch a lot of horror stuff. So. Guys, I worked really hard on this, on like decorating all of this. Please. You didn't decorate anything. Shut up! I did. There's like a pumpkin there. I've got like I, where got like spooky skeletons and bats flying around. None of these things are here. What? Are yeah, yeah, no. I, I mean, the bats are just normally flying around the set anyway. But you know. Like I took like the dead hooker skeleton and I put I put it up on like a thing. I was gonna say, is that dead cat outside like part of the set? No, that's just that's just to ward off uh, wayward children who stumble onto our lawn. Uh you have a lawn? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you, have you not gone outside recently? I don't. I don't think I've left this basement in, like years. Yeah, I burned down the neighbor's house, so now we have oh. like a now we have like a like a lawn to like the side. Anyway, uh. Check out Tokyo Treat. Use our code. Yeah, I don't know. Is there? Do you have a childhood defining anime you want? You want to? Oh, childhood defining. Hmm. I have to think about that one for a second. Avatar: The Last Airbender. 